Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Hail from the Bleachers. We are on episode 10, and we are back after a brief hiatus due to the Christmas season. Hoping you guys all had a great holiday season, a safe one. Spent some time with some family and friends that you were able to see. Well, probably not as many friends, um, but more so family. But uh, we're back, and we're glad to be back, aren't we, Chance? We most definitely are. I'm having the merriest of holidays. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. What did you get for Christmas this year? What did I get for Christmas? That's Socks. A solid shampoo. question. Socks, shampoo, body wash. Um, what else did I get? I got a cool pair of boots from my girlfriend's dad. That was pretty cool. Nice. Um, sheets. Sheets? Sheets, yes. Are you excited about I the got, sheets or no? I got a queen bed this fall, so I needed some sheets. I needed like a uh, mat- mattress, pad, all that fun adult stuff. So, yay, adult Christmas. Kids, if you're listening, you get really excited about... Uh, really <laughs> mundane, boring things, because that means you don't have to buy them. Yeah, I stock up on toiletries, t-shirts, socks. Mm-hmm. Um, like I got, underwear. I can rotate all the old ones out, put the new ones in. That's right. Fresh. I never have to buy underwear. Fresh ever. stock, yeah. I um, I got a crap ton of junk food, too. Mm-hmm. So, because in, in um, my in-laws, they do stockings, but they're not really stockings. So they put the stocking in a giant bag, and like mm-hmm. in the bag is like like a hundred different like little things. So, I'm stocked so, up. Uh, so, to continue with the Christmas gifts. So, my girlfriend's family does something really cool that I think I would I'd try to steal from my family, but I'd never fly. So, they do like a big box or big tote for couples. Mm. So, and then inside, all the gifts are not individually wrapped. But, like, pretty much the majority of all the gifts going to this, these two people are in the box. Oh, nice. So you just unwrap the one big box, and then you don't have to go through everything else. That's cool. It is fantastic. Yeah. We end up having to buy, like, a five-foot by two-and-a-half-foot storage container Mm -hmm. for all of Mav's stuff because... He got so many toys, we had to, like, go through and put all of the ones he doesn't play with anymore into storage. Um, man, yeah, I spent all day yesterday going through the basement. But, anywho, football. That's what we're here for, right? Mm-hmm. Here um, for that Dundee football. The season is over, uh, officially. Uh, in case you live under a rock, uh, Michigan had to cancel its last two, three games. Three games, because we didn't even get to play Iowa. That's right. Thank um, God, oh, yeah, they were blowing us out, too. For the... Faux Champions Week. Oh, man. Um, when we had a whole, <laughs> a yeah, whole, whole thing pre- game that. prediction, everything, for each of the games that it canceled. Yeah, it would have been really ugly, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but, two, two out of the three. But anyways, so yeah, the season ended on uh, a strange note, just like it started, which is only fitting. It, mm-hmm. it ended as mysteriously as it started, uh, to quote The Office. So... Here we are. Um, figured we'd do a bit of a recap of the season first and kind of give our, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty thoughts and maybe even revisit some of our predictings from earlier in the year. Oh, that'll be fun. Ooh, I'll, I'll that, pl- that'll be, I think that's a later off-season thing. <laughs> oh, no, I, we're going to do this no, today. We're going to do it today. I'm gonna that's going to be one gonna, hell of a long episode, buddy. I'm going to pull this up. Um, why don't you go ahead, Chance, and uh, give us your one big thought in the season as I get this stuff pulled up. Well... My what, one big, what's like the lingering question you have from this? The season? lingering question. Um, let's just uh, the elephant in the room, guys. How 
in the actual F did we lose to Michigan State? They I was, I was asking about the week that we lost. So I know we asked that week. They are so bad. And like you wouldn't have thought we were that bad. There's no evidence supporting that. How did a team that had all the advantages Michigan had in this scenario of it's not a new coach? Yeah, with the pandemic, having a new coach that has to be brutal. Not being able to interact with the team really, all this stuff. Michigan State ends on the season going two and five. And amazingly, <laughs> their two wins were us and Northwestern. <laughs> which Northwestern, as we saw in the Big Ten Championship, which we'll get to later on when we do our game recap, but Northwestern was no slouch. And I I am completely perplexed as to how that loss ever happened. And, like, Rocky Lombardi was a world beater for three hours, and then he... Rocky Lombardi was such a world beater, he's transferring from Michigan State to go to Northern Illinois. And that guy... Whooped us, and that guy whooped us. Look like Peyton Manning out there throwing dimes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so. I mean, it's it's like the epitome of the Michigan Michigan State rivalry over the last decade, though. It's like I mean, I could I totally could see them being a reasonably close game. Well, sure, it's because a, it's, it's a rivalry. rivalry. Yeah, but but Michigan, you are so much better than them. How? Yeah. How? Sparty always plays lights out, or almost always plays lights out. We were the Michigan, most though. points they scored all season. Yeah, that's sad. Their next two games, they play Iowa at Iowa, lose 49-7. to They play Indiana. They get shut out. So, guys, how? What the heck, yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, my one thought about the seasons, uh, now that it's over, is just, thank goodness, thank God it's over. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't, listen, don't say this out of context, people. I love watching Michigan football, even when they're bad. Like, I still prefer... But one can only take so much yeah, pain. I, I prefer seeing them lose versus not seeing them at all. And contrary to most people, I actually wish that those three games would have been played just because I would like to see them play, uh, even though they probably would have got their butts whooped by two of those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, heck, maybe even the third. But I'm just glad this whole football season's almost over. It's just like, there's so many things wrong with college football this year because of COVID, and just like, I don't know. Um, it's been so strange. I feel like it's like one of those dreams that you have when you take like a mid-afternoon nap, and you mm-hmm. wake up and you're confused, you don't know what day it is, you don't know where you are, you don't know who you are, you're just like, what the heck, like, am I going to wake up for another life? <clears throat> so, I'm just glad it's over. Um, Mainly because I'm looking forward to the changes. And, I mean, that's this is, like, typical college football fan stuff. Like, you're always excited about the prospects of, like, new players, new coaches. But, truly, I'm just excited to put this season behind, you know, as a fan. And I'm sure the team is as well because this is one, one of the worst seasons we've been through as Michigan football fans. Uh-huh. Even including the Richrod days where we had a two-win season. Like, we three, literally... Three-win season. Oh, sorry, three you went three and nine. <laughs> three wins. Hey, season. we upset top ten Wisconsin that year. So. That's true. That's true. But three wins, and this year we have two. So glad it's over. Um, to be fair, we didn't have the like uh, the cupcake games at the beginning of the year. 
True. That really would have helped the entire thing. <laughs> True. Yeah. So maybe we would have been looking at maybe four wins instead. I would say a four or five because having those cupcake games at the beginning of the year really would have helped the team. I think find an identity because I sure I like to think so. At least it's comforting. That, that besides the loss of Michigan State, my big takeaway for the season is who are we? Yeah. Because we're not speed and space. We're not Doctor Blitz. Um, who are we? Because we're going through puberty this offseason, <laughs> basically. Because there's, a, let's just be honest, guys. We went what two and four. There's a lot of changes that's got to happen this offseason, mm-hmm. and we're here to cover it. But we'll see what happens. Ugh. Yeah. Um. Just to give some sort of. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, funny to read. Uh, just to give some uh, comedic relief to this, you know, end of the season blues. Um, here are our season predictions that we had at the beginning of the season. So, episode one, we previewed the Minnesota game and gave predictions for that game and the season. Uh, Chance, you predicted we go six and two overall, uh, with a win over Minnesota, which obviously we got, which is good. And I predicted we go either five and three or six and two. So that's maybe in the more pessimistic side of things between the two of us. I would not. I think you were just saying that. Neither (laughs) of us were pessimistic in the slightest, and you know it. Um, I think we're both pretty realistic. Um, I don't think either of us were overly optimistic. No, I would say overly pessimistic. I thought we were being very realistic. Based based on paper, yes. Uh, Who who would have thunk the things that Unravel did? But, um, yeah, we were wrong. Um... I remember, so, beginning of the season, I went through and created a bunch of templates for um, season, you know, final scores mm-hmm. so I could post them on the Instagram page. And I put in scores that I thought would be remotely close to, like, what they would be. Um, obviously, it's pretty gutsy because you're predicting the scores for every game at the beginning of the season. I just remember, like, I even included the ranking, what record they'd be. And I looked at, every time I had to go in and edit those, I was like, man, I was so wrong. I remember changing the Rutgers one. <laughs> I had us blowing them out. We were ranked way higher, mm-hmm. undefeated at that point. Man. So anyways, uh, I'm sure you guys all feel the same sentiments that we do. Thank goodness the season is over because that was emotional torture. Uh, obviously excited for the next season. Hopefully COVID, you know, sort of resolved for the most part by then. Mm-hmm. We got about, what, it eight sounds, months to them? It certainly sounds like I know many uh, comedians and Bands and such are start planning their tours starting for fall, late summer, early fall 2021. So I would presume that football will be, we know football will be played. Yeah. I'm going to presume we have crowd. It may not be full capacity, but at least two thirds. We if, hope, yeah. So, But then again, back when quarantine started here in Michigan in March, I was like, oh, hey, by April this will all be over. And here we are, December, end of the year, and... Mm-hmm. We're still here. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully, uh, until then, we got you covered with any off-season stuff. Um, we'll get to it later, but we will continue um, our 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 coverage uh, via the podcast um, throughout the summer. We are unsure of summer. frequency. It's not summer throughout the off-season. <laughs> uh, the summer's I guess summer's the part of that. Yeah. So we're unsure of the frequency. It may be. It's not going to be every week. We can guarantee that, but maybe yeah. every other once a month. I'm thinking every other is probably what we'll so, start with. And, we'll see, and we'll we'll see how it goes. Because if we do monthly podcasts, they're probably going to be like four hours long. So 
Uh, my, probably. In it, my opinion. It, our podcast will be based off how much information is coming out. That's true. So we'll, yep. we'll go by that. If more information is coming out, we'll do more podcasts. But if it's, if it's really slow and nothing's happening, um, I, we fully understand that there are professionals that do this, that their job is to talk on the radio for three hours. And right. when you're in the dog days of summer, I have no idea how you do that. Yeah. <laughs> when all you can talk is baseball and most of the country doesn't care about baseball unless it's their baseball team, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> It is a so skill. We sure. will we'll do something. So going back to football. Yes. Matt, what I will tell you what I think first, while, so you can think about it. But what would you think were the t- one what is one big reason or one or like a couple of big reasons as to how this season got off so bad so quick and just never recovered. So my thought going off the bat would be the two big notable players that opted out for the season to go pro. Ambry. Ambry and Nico. Because mm-hmm. those are the, your two, for the most part, offensive and defensive leaders. Mm-hmm. And though Nico was more of like a quiet lead-by-example leader, mm-hmm. he's still the leader. He's oh, the most sure. proven. It's not even close. And Ambry was the, I'm getting in your face. Like, I'm going to like hype you up, like tell you what we need to do type of leader. And losing both of those... Uh, one, it, it exposed on defense our, at the start of the season, our lack of depth. That They did slowly start to get there for DBs, but not having a presumed all-Big Ten caliber defensive back. It's a huge blow right off the bat. Oh, for sure. And then you have Nico, who, again, another all-Big Ten level player, if not more. Um, yeah, well, who you would that's think another that... Bit, because you think that Nico losing him that drops our receivers all the way from like who we had to like all like young guns, yeah, which is positive for the future, but sure. And the now, and you lose the chemistry that Joe mm-hmm. possibly had with Nico already, yeah. So who knows how the season might have gone had Nico and Amory both stayed? Yeah, it would have been having that leadership could have been a huge asset for both sides of the ball for sure. So thinking of that. Um, and things that could be changed in the past. Matt, last episode, you happened to speak for me when we when we had to fill in for National Signing Day, and I couldn't be here. You made a statement for me about potential starting quarterbacks. And <laughs> hey, I prefaced, you said I prefaced I may have been reaching by speaking on your behalf. You said that we both thought Joe would be the starting quarterback. I respectfully disagree. <laughs> I think this battle is truly wide open. I think we both agree with that. Mm-hmm. I am going to give the edge to the young gun, J.J. McCarthy, because not only is he ridiculously talented, coming as a five-star, he's really good. Um, it comes down to the high school he played at for his senior year, IMG Academy, which if you don't know, it's the best high school in the country. They basically are a college football team. And how they run, how they do the workouts. So, J.J. McCarthy called plays as the quarterback. He was given plays, and then he had full range of audibles at the line. And they would do a up-tempo offense, and he's calling the plays for what they're doing. That's a huge advantage. Because mm-hmm. do you remember... Level. Do you remember this season... Um, 
every, it was something we talked about that drove us mad. Was they'd line up. Oh. <laughs> clap. Yeah. Whole team turns, looks at the sideline. That means Joe's not making the reads. So Joe comes back. He doesn't look at the field. He just rolls with it. Like, Cade at least kind of looked at the field, did some reads and stuff. See, JJ's been making reads. See, so he's coming in with the, like, I'm going to do this. And the fact that J.J. McCarthy is enrolling early is, I think, a huge advantage for him. Oh, for sure. For any quarterback it is. For any quarterback. And with with both quarterbacks not playing well this season, mm-hmm. it is as wide open of a battle as it's ever been. Yeah. And I think J.J. McCarthy could be our first freshman starting quarterback since, do you know who, Matt? Was it Henny? Chad Henny. Good guess. Good guess. It was educated. It was an educated guess. It was an educated guess. But yes, good guess. Chad Henney was our last starting freshman quarterback that started the season. Right, right, right. I'm sure there may be like an occasional, like, some rando thrown in. Spot start, yeah. Well, okay, so my apologies for speaking in your behalf. Thank you. But, um. No one speaks for me. Actually, so I have like four different thoughts in my head right now. So, first of all, for anybody who's asking, like, what does it mean to enroll early? Basically. High school player finishes up, or high school student finishes up anything they need to graduate early so they can actually finish school in the fall. By Christmas. Or yeah, by Christmas. So that they're enrolling in college in January. Right. And so the, the reason that's huge for By football, the time you hear this episode, JJ McCarthy's in Ann Arbor, enroll, like enrolling in classes, getting ready to go yeah. for the semester. And obviously it's huge for your college career because you start classes early and you probably are able to participate in spring football. Exactly. The work. That's the big one. The most important players. thing I feel is actually getting in the weight room yep. and doing the college workouts. Cause I was, was going to say, yeah. I mean, JJ's at IMG and obviously they're going to have fantastic workouts, but college is a whole nother level. <laughs> they're going to have specific workouts like, Hey, you're a quarterback. Um, let's, let's think something random. Uh, you need to do 1000 shrugs a day. Yep. So he's just like, just in the corner, shrugging it. <laughs> if you guys haven't met our strength and conditioning uh, coordinator, coach, Mr. Ben Herbert, he is a freak of nature. And mm-hmm. Everybody raves about him. So JJ is getting there early, getting big, because JJ is a little bit smaller. And so to play Big Ten football, he's going to have to be able to stand in a pocket, step up in a pocket, and probably dodge a couple tackles in there, um, or at least break a couple mm-hmm. tackles. So. He's going to get that those reps in, uh, those workouts in with the weight room. Because we've seen the pictures of before and afters when these guys go into the program and come out. Um, they they bulk up. Um, but also, he's going to get some reps in spring ball, which is the big one. Because if you're a freshman coming into the fall, you have fall training camp. And that's basically it to really prove, hey, I can contribute this season. That's why you see so many guys redshirt. Um, nowadays with the retro rule where you can play three games without losing eligibility, um, you know, it's, it kind of makes a difference, uh, or it's a little bit different of a game, but JJ's going to go in there and he's going to have a shot from spring, spring camp and spring ball to really prove that he can take over as QB. So I'm still of the mind where it's like, um, you know, prove it to me. And then I, mm-hmm. I would be delighted if JJ McCarthy won the, won the job, honestly, I just want the best guy to play. And that's why I said year over year. Right now, based on what the coaches are saying, talking about Joe's injury to his hand, um, his, I think he had thumb surgery. He had thumb surgery, yes. Um, if he was playing through the all season, maybe that's what affects his throwing so much, but also... It was on his offhand, so... 
But still, you hold the ball with both hands, and, and it has to do with it. Obviously, not the release, which is why he would have been able to play through it. But you have to think if something's wrong with you, one of your hands as a quarterback, it's, a, it's affecting your, your rhythm. Um, I can go in the Dylan McCaffrey camp and tell him to suck it up. <laughs> You're not sick. Because <laughs> that's totally what a coach would say. <laughs> well, because I'm thinking, like, quarterback hurts his big toe on his mm-hmm. non, non-plant foot. That still affects your, I mean, your like throwing. Kobe Bryant jammed his finger and left a game. Did he really? Real thing. I thought he came back. I mean, what about Paul Pierce being <laughs> taken off? This is a whole separate rabbit hole going on here. But Paul anyways, Pierce being taken off in, in a, a wheelchair. Car- got carried off the court and <laughs> rolled away in a wheelchair, only to come back two minutes later. Okay, I will indulge you in this rabbit hole. Can we just talk about this happening in the NBA? Guy, we don't know what happened to him. He was hurt. It's probably like a cramp or something. Gets a wheelchair off the court, comes back in. LeBron had to get carried off because he cramped up one finals. I know you're a big LeBron fan. Maybe it was a very severe cramp, but he got carried off, came back later. I'm not the biggest LeBron fan. That would be Lorenzo Hoskins, but... Meanwhile, in hockey, can we talk about the player who died in the game? He was actually dead. Like, no heartbeat. Got Mm -hmm. hit so hard or something happened where he he literally died on the ice. They, They revived him on the bench... After a couple minutes, and he went back into the game and played. So you hockey's have, a different beast, okay? <laughs> yeah, but still, it's a sport, and <laughs> um, in one sport you cramp up, you get wheelchaired off, and you come back. One sport you die, <laughs> get revived on the bench, and uh, then come back in. If Anyways, so, one, to go in the how, how can we fix basketball? What if we penalize teams for flopping? Well, they're supposed to. I mean, they're supposed to, but they don't. What if you actually penalize teams and cost the like? If you flopped and were caught, that's a foul. Or like you can call it like a foul, like it count as a foul against you because then you got like James Harden, all these players that flop. Basketball will get really hard to watch for about half a season before the players adjust to Mm -hmm. it. Because there's that period where new rules come in and players like have to adapt. So I, if there's one thing to fix to make basketball more watchable. Get rid of the flops. Come on. It's so bad <laughs> on every level. You fl- you flop, you get slapped by the rest. There's There's embellishing contact, and then there's flopping. Yes, I agree. I can endorse embellishing contact, because that's part of the game. Flopping's well, the, not part of the game. That's all taking a charge is, mm-hmm. is, embellishing contact. Which is fine. That's part of the game. I get it. Right. But when he doesn't even touch you, and you just got like knocked out by a, f- a freight train, come on. Yeah. All right, we are way off the rails. So, so let's, let's come back We were here. talking about recruiting. Yes. How J.J. McCarthy is Jesus Christ reincarnated. Um, So let's go from that into your head. How about that for pressure, J.J.? Welcome to Michigan, you're Jesus. Well, he's a five-star quarterback. We haven't had one of those basically forever. If you don't say the The last one we had was Ryan Mallett. So. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Not for us, but he's pretty good. Could have been good for us. Could have been good for us. Thanks right. for that, Rich Rod. But anyways, um, yeah. how can you scare off a five-star quarterback? Right. Tell him we're gonna run the spread and you're not gonna pass. <laughs> yeah. Well, didn't pan out for Rich Rod or for uh, Mal in Michigan, but it did not. Mal went on to go do go, do good things. So, mm-hmm. um, to segue here, speaking of recruiting, let's transition to our favorite segment: Hail Yes and Hail No. Um, if you haven't listened to us before, Hail Yes and Hail No. Um, is something that we like to do here from Hail from the Bleachers, where we talk about what we liked the most from uh, during the season, be from the last game that we watched, or 
now that the season's over. It's just the thing that we want to highlight as a positive, and then hail no is obviously a negative. So I will start um, while we're talking about recruiting. Uh, my hail yes is the haul that Michigan brought in for National Signing Day because despite uncertainty at head coach position at the time, mm-hmm. now it looks a lot more you know evident that Harbaugh's coming back. Um, I don't think it's a, they haven't officialized or officialized. No. They haven't made official his contract no. yet, but it seems like writing's on the wall. It was anticipated he would resign before, but like it's still up in the air. Yeah, but he's. But, I think if he'd be gone, he'd be gone by now. So it sounds. It sounds like currently he's in California spending the holidays with his family. So right. presumably when he gets back early January, his contract will be figured out. Yeah, hopefully. Um, so despite despite all that uncertainty. Um, and despite the uncertainty with Don Brown, the def- the former defensive coordinator at Michigan, because he has since been dismissed, but during National Signing Day, he was still on staff. Mm-hmm. We heard rumors about, you know, I I, be- I would believe them, that he was actively speaking to recruits, let- notifying them and telling them, hey, I'm leaving, but stick with Michigan because good things are ahead, which, by the way, is just class act. Yeah, as Don we, Brown is a class act. As we there's, no getting, there's no getting around that. Yeah. Don Brown's a class act. Right. If you think differently, you're an idiot. Right. Didn't get it done in the last couple of years, but listen, he was, he was a great guy. And great co- great fit for Michigan mm-hmm. for the years he was Great here. coach. Yeah. Great fit. So amidst, you, even amidst all that uncertainty, and I'm sure there's uncertainty with some of the position coaches, mm-hmm. especially in defense, um, we brought in top... I want to say he came in at number 12 or 13 at the end of the day. I believe we were at 12. Uh, a national signing day. And number two in the Big Ten, which is a huge deal. And we, we maintained, I mean, basically if you want to hear me break it down, go listen to episode nine, tail end of the episode, I kind of talk about details for players. But and he talks about how J.J. McCarthy sucks. Oh, jeez. Listen, don't put that on me. Don't you put that evil on me, Chance Vineyard Crouch. Um, J.J., no such thing. I don't think you're Jesus, but hey. Um, but anyways, we finished at 12, yes. Michigan finished at 12, second in the Big Ten behind, you guessed it, Ohio State. But they maintained a couple of the big recruits that we thought might flip. Um, they did lose on a couple defensive players, but honestly, that's kind of to, to I would expect that it, in hindsight now that Don Brown was talking to them saying, hey, I'm leaving. Um, but also, we retained a couple big linebackers um, or defensive players like linebacker. Um, his name is evading me right now. Four-star linebacker. He was a top 100 uh, recruit, though. Was that Junior Colson? Yes, the one that there was rumors about him. No, it being... wasn't Colson. It was um, it was Colson. Yeah, it was it? Junior Colson because he was. There was some sort of reporting going around. Uh, people were saying that he was. You know, he tweeted uh, when Don Brown was was uh, dismissed, and I think he was read into a little bit where he wasn't notified or whatever. But then it came out in the works yeah. that he's staying with Michigan. Obviously, probably a little bit disappointed mm-hmm. about Don Brown, but anyways. Um, so we maintained a couple of key guys, and we ended up getting a few that I thought might go elsewhere. A la Jaden McBurrows. Exactly. And Xavier Worthy. Exactly. So Xavier Worthy is If a anything, one. our our biggest problem was on the defensive side, and I would point to the uncertainty at coach as being a mm-hmm. a problem because it had to be when you don't factor. know who your coordinator would be, that's not a great sign. Right. Yeah, so it was a great haul. Well, great um, haul on the offensive side, fantastic. Highlighted by the trio of J.J. McCarthy, Xavier Worthy, and yeah, Donovan Edwards, because that's going to be the future of the offense. I mean, we go through here really quick. Um, we got center Raheem Anderson. He's top three center in the country. Uh, Junior Colson, top five off- outside linebacker. 
Xavier Worthy, top 10 receiver. Donovan Edwards, top 5 running back. J.J. McCarthy, the number 2 quarterback in the country. This is, so, a, this is a recruiting class you'd expect to see following like a 10-win season. So for them to manage this after a 2-win season, I think is very and impressive. And we have transferring in offensive tackle, Big Willie Allen. Yes. Sitting which, at a very tiny middle school, six foot seven. 300 pounds. Yeah, which should help out with some of the losses on the offensive line. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think we lost any at tackle, though. Mayfield. Did he play tackle? Yep. Yeah, he definitely did. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, yeah. It's, it was a good haul. It was. It, it was good to see. Defense if, could use a boost, but it was a good haul. Yeah, and there's, there's talks, and we'll, we'll kind of get to this later, but... You know, there's a DT from Penn State that is transferring out, and there's rumors about him talking to Michigan, so we'll see what uh-huh. happens. I'm sure the new DC that comes in, uh, whoever that is, will play a big part in that, who they hire. Um, but, yeah, I'm. it was great to see some positive things happen because there's always the potential for recruiting to just fall apart with, with any sort of staff turnover, especially a head coach or, ter- or um, coordinator position. So that is my hill, yes. We got some fresh talent coming in, which should uh, – and they seem to have some some thoughts about the program as far as they, they're not just coming in to contribute, they're coming in to change the program is mm-hmm. what a lot of these guys are saying. So, obviously, that's... That's, that's not something you want to see in, what, year five, six of a sure. coach, but... Sure, Hey, I like their audacity. Yeah. I think it's, come in. it's meant more so from a positive standpoint, like, hey... Mm-hmm. Michigan hasn't been able to get over the hump yet, we're here to change that sort of thing. And, hey, these are high school seniors talking, so, like... It's all talk right now, but hopefully they'll be... It, on paper, I think they should be able to back it up. So, Chance, what is your hail yes? My hail yes is, well, if we go back the past few episodes, what I've been talking about with my hail yeses and hail no's and all that fun stuff, uh, my hail yes is something I predicted, is the chaos surrounding the college football playoff because it all hit the fan. <laughs> it really when did. Ohio State got put in at six games, or set, yeah, six games, because when the Big Ten overturned their own rules, the Big so. Ten overturned their own rules to put Ohio State into the conference championship, so that they would have that sixth game, six game, presumably the win, which mm. they didn't get the win, six games got them in the college football playoff. It all hit the fan because now you have. Like everyone talking about the playoff needs to be expanded, because and like since he you got had over. yeah you had a lot of in the past a lot of these uh, coaches and media and all this stuff um, talking about how four was great and that like if you expanded it, it ruined the importance of the college football season and making every game matter blah blah, blah 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 doesn't really matter everyone's talking about expanding if not the eight to sixteen which would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, Fox Sports put out a thing just the other day showing what the 16-team playoff for this year would have been. It looks amazing. Like That's a whole month of football. Yeah. Like, like oh, yeah. Would a couple of the games suck? Duh. Absolutely. A couple of the games would be awful. There's no getting around that. But if you're looking at the rest, it's like, are you kidding me? This would be fantastic. But, Chance, outside of the fall, what is the best sports month of the year, in your opinion? The best sports month. I know where you're leading, and I'm going to intentionally say no. It's going to be May, because that's when all the spring sports are wrapping up their seasons. Hockey's in the playoffs for the NHL. NBA's (sighs) getting in the playoffs. 
So March is what I was alluding to here, Chance. Um, and tell me, why is March such a great sports month for college? Uh, uh, obviously, college football practice starts. Oh, Lord. March Madness for college basketball takes place all throughout March, and there are literally games on nearly every day. I think, I think except for Sundays. I don't know if they play on Sundays off the top of my head or not. But I anyways, say probably yes. But they do because usually it goes Thursday, Saturday, Friday. Sunday. Yeah, but when you, have a, when you have a Saturday off, you just flip the TV on, and there's like six different games to choose from, and schools you never heard of, but you want to watch them anyways because like it's college basketball mm-hmm. season in March. Fill out your brackets. There's a whole marketing scheme to it. Approach. You know, they sell merch on it. It's it's a great month to watch sports. Think of that, but with football. So let's look at. That'd be amazing. This is what just for fun. Let's look at what the 16 team playoff would have been for this season. So C1 versus C16. That is Alabama versus BYU. Would it be a great game? No. Okay, Which we'll one, be, one sixteen? We aren't expecting a great game, but it'd be interesting though. to see Zach Wilson what he does against Bama's defense. And there's always the potential so that, that puts a high us seed at, gets upset. Yeah, so that puts us at two versus fifteen. Clemson, Iowa, again, not really a game we expect to be good. I don't think anyone's really expecting that these first handful of games to be all that great. Mm-hmm. So let's go down three versus fourteen. That'd be a rematch of a game we'll talk about here momentarily. Mm-hmm. But Ohio State, Northwestern. Rematch the Big Ten Championship game. That would be interesting to me. The Fighting Fitzgeralds get the revenge. Mm-hmm. So then four seed versus 13. That's Notre Dame versus UNC. That would be great. That's another ACC game. I don't I don't think we got to watch this game earlier this season, mm-hmm. but that'd be exciting because uh, Mac Brown has really turned around North Carolina. Yeah, he has. So let's go into our five seed versus 12 seed. One of the more interesting games, in my opinion. It's Texas A&M versus Coastal Carolina. That'd be a great game. That would be a fantastic game. What the heck, NCAA? Why are we not getting this? So let's go from our five seed to our six seed. Six seed versus eleven seed. Oklahoma versus Indiana. Also, a good sounds game. like another great game to me. But whatever. So as we're getting to these more competitive games, uh, let's do our seven seed versus our ten seed. That's Florida versus Iowa State. That would have been a great game. Um, as we are learning more and more about Florida, mm-hmm. basically like half their team has decided they don't want to play yeah. their bowl game against Oklahoma. So, Which is so strange because what a mm-hmm. good game to play Which in. This game, if it was in the playoffs, I doubt, I doubt they're leading. Oh, for sure. So that brings us to what's probably going to be year in, year out, the best game, the 8 seed versus 9 seed. Mm-hmm. That's Cincinnati versus Georgia. That would be a great game. That'd be an excellent game. So why are we why are we not getting this? I think the the bigger thing here is obviously as a fan, these are fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But also, and I'm not you know I've not heard this from any head coaches because they all obviously avoid the topic. Yeah, but you have to think if you're a group of five coach, you're not coaching to mm-hmm. make the playoff. No, you're just coaching to go undefeated. Because yeah, Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, both undefeated. Do they have any shot? No. So Let's a topic honest. I've yeah. heard brought up. Um, would be, because if we're just looking at the state of Michigan, the University of Michigan and Western Michigan are competing for the same national title every year. Western is never, Mm-mm. ever going to win a national championship. They would take so what, They would take a two-loss yeah. Michigan over an undefeated Western mm-hmm. Michigan, in, so, in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. So 
what is Western really playing for? Because even Western went undefeated that one season. Conference championship is it? Yep, That's that was twenty sixteen. They're playing for the conference championship and getting that uh, BCS, not BCS, but uh, bowl game, New Year's Six bowl game. Oh yeah, and or just any bowl game, just getting the paycheck for it. Mm-hmm. So I'd heard, what if the group of five had their own playoff, and that you could opt out of that and go into the main playoff if you wanted? Sure, but that yeah, it'd be that, better. You could be a national champion like that offers offers opportunity for Cincinnati this year or UCF yeah. in the past, be like the NIT in college stuff. basketball. Somewhat, yeah. So I, I think that would be a reasonable idea for them because that adds incentive yeah. to maybe we can get, especially when it comes to recruiting, maybe we can get some of these top. I like top that better than the current setup, but why not? If you're going to do that, why not just expand it? You know, I think expanding and if you expanded to eight and added this, I think that'd be a great idea. Just to sure. offer some opportunity for these teams that are never yeah. going to get a sniff. Because while that's happening, the college football playoff. Contrary to what they thought it would be, which being yeah. four teams makes it so much more special. Actually, yeah, so. when it's three, when three of the four teams are virtual locks every year, Bama, Clemson, Ohio State. Basically, you you're have, playing for one yeah, spot in the playoffs. Roughly five teams are the realistic, realistic teams to make it. Yeah. So far, that's been Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oregon, Oregon, Florida and State. Oklahoma. Well, I would Florida say State, even Oregon and Florida State are in that like. Offshoot spot. They got to one. But I was, yeah. like, you have your main four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that fourth one rotates, but it's just like yeah. it's not ultimately. I mean, it's just like the NBA when you had the Warriors and the Cavs playing mm-hmm. in the finals three straight years. It's like this isn't good for the NBA because despite what people think, parity is good for sports. Yes, you, you like having Ohio State. Looking at recruiting, Ohio State has. If you doubled the amount of five-star commits in the Big Ten this season, Ohio State still has more. Yeah. Michigan has one. Wisconsin has one. Ohio State has five. Which is great for Ohio State, but sucks for everybody else. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't blame the kids. You know? It's tough to close that gap if you're not able right. to convince these players to come to your school. And why would they go yeah. to your school when and they can pretty much guarantee the playoff? And this is a tricky line to balance because there's the competitive spirit where, like, hey, if you want to mm-hmm. win, just – do better, but at the same time, when the system is set such that it doesn't encourage competitiveness. I know you haven't like, said this is your hail no, but yes, this is Matt's hail no. He hasn't officially stated it. Sorry, yeah. So my hail no is, is no one cares. <laughs> literally no one cares, including me. Mm-hmm. Before we started recording, you had pointed out that there was uh, a well, three-point or a three point game that looked like it was coming down to the final play. Yeah, I would argue left. Miami got screwed. <laughs> By the game clock operator, there should have been uh, Oklahoma State should have had to punt on that final play or do something. We'll just say that's a payback for their ridiculous kickoff or kick return against uh, Duke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they Anyways. got this. Yeah, so but yeah, I but I literally could care less. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't I was know, like, oh, there's a good game on. I don't know when any teams are playing. Um, I don't even know what day the the playoffs are happening. The playoff happens New Year's Day. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I mean. Well, I guess they always do, except for that one weird year where they did it on New Year's Eve. But oh, hey, remember that we were out enjoying New Year's Eve, uh, just checked in on the score, saw Michigan State died on the field versus Alabama. <laughs> it was great. R.I.P. Um, but R- yeah, R.I.P. Connor Cook. That's my hail no because literally no one cares. It makes it less mm-hmm. meaningful. I don't care. Like literally, watch next year, Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, and probably Oklahoma with the way that they're they're projecting, but like. Mm-hmm. One other team that's at large between the ACC, 
Pac-12, uh, or I guess Big 12 for Oklahoma. Basically mm-hmm. another Power 5 team, or Notre Dame. So, like, that's going to be the playoff. Yep. What's your hell no chance? So, my hell no. Before I get too upset. <laughs> my hell no is... My hell no is something drives me mad every year. <laughs> every year this happens. Uh, my hell no... People that think star players would make great coaches, especially when the players are grossly underqualified. So, let's go with... So, we have a defensive coordinator spot open. Correct. Why is it... Why we should hire Charles Woodson? Charles Woodson has never coached football a day in his life. He's never called plays. He's never done anything. Like... That's like that's a huge problem. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you'd be hiring him off his name alone. So let's just say Charles Woodson went to Michigan State instead of Michigan. Would you still hire him? No, because he has no experience. Like, guys, come on. Not what only has Charles Woodson what said. Won, what if you won the Heisman at Michigan State? Still no. Okay. He has no just, experience. Just, just making sure. Yeah, he has no experience. If you took his career and just flipped it to even let's go to someone way out in the middle of nowhere. So he let's do Boise State. Charles Woodson was the exact same player he was, except he was at Boise State. Would you hire him at Michigan for your defense coordinator spot? No, because he's never he's never coached football day in his life. <laughs> never. Like he's yeah. problem one. He said he doesn't want to coach. <laughs> On top of that, so not only has he not coached, he doesn't want to coach. Yeah, coach there doesn't want to be there. <laughs> That's kind of a big problem, guys. So so let- then you go into oh we should hire Tom Brady when he retires. <laughs> no. If he like does some coaching and like shows he's a like a capable coach, sure. Like another one I saw suggested, I saw someone suggest that we should hire Larry Foot, former Michigan linebacker. He's currently so he's been a coach at the NFL level. He's been a linebackers coach for Arizona. He's been a linebackers coach for the Buccaneers for about the past five years between those two teams. He's never been a coordinator. He's never coached at the collegiate level. We talk about recruiting being something really important. Mm-hmm. Like, if you took Larry Foote and he went played at Western instead of Michigan, would you still want to hire him? Yeah. No! Question. First off, I agree with you. But would you change your opinion if it was for a positions? For a position coach? If they had experience, yes. But still no, no experience, still no. No experience, still no. Because the biggest to... problem is when you come to these star players that you think of, uh, yes, they have to be technically good. Mm-hmm. And know what they're doing, True. but a lot like Charles Woodson could be tell me all the technique for how to do that one-handed catch he did against Michigan State on the interception. Mm-hmm. If you gave me a million tries, I am never doing that. <laughs> yeah. So like he has this elite skill that I don't have that yeah. I will never have. I think there'd be an interesting effect on recruiting if you had Charles Woodson as the DB's coach, but still, I, th- I agree yeah. in that. I think that would experience. be an asset there, but I would rather have experience and a guy that knows what he's doing. Now, if yeah. we're a smaller school, like a like if we're going down to group of five somewhere, like Western, for example, because obviously we both went to Western, we like Western. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're top of the mind usually. So if like at Western, great hire because that'll help recruiting. That allows him to get yeah. some like experience. So like, well, that's, and that's yeah, t- Michigan t- is not a school to just be throwing yeah. flyers. That's out. That's typically the path. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mike Hart, Tyrone Wheatley, they all mm-hmm. came through group of five schools or lower schools. So like, if but, we wanted yeah. to hire Mike Hart as our offensive coordinator, I'd agree with that. He has shown that he's a capable position coach for a while. Has he called plays? No, I don't think he has not called plays yet. He's the running back coach in Indiana. <clears throat> They're doing really well. Yeah. 
Like, so would I be opposed to hiring him? No. Do I think he'd be a great offensive co- coordinator hire because he hasn't had the experience there? No. I don't think it'd be great. I think it'd be okay. It'd be better, though. It'd be better yeah. than, like, hiring a guy that's never done it. Yeah. So, so to bring it full circle here, yeah, I agree with you. Um, it's it's fun to think about. Yeah. You know, I saw a picture floating around with, you know, like, Woodson with a headset on. It's like, it kind of gave me, like, some mm. goosebumps. Like, oh, what if? Like, but well, like, people are like, well, Deion Sanders is coaching. Deion Sanders wants to be a coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, Woodson said Deion Sanders wants to coach. Charles Woodson said he doesn't. Brady has said he wants. To, he doesn't want to coach right mm-hmm. afterwards. He's either going to take a hiatus from football because he's been playing for a hundred years, or he's going to go into commentating. And he's going to go into commentating. Let's, Let's be honest. Bucks Let's be honest. Tom Brady post New England. He like he's got a great social media presence. Yeah, he's met, he's actually talking. Yeah, <laughs> he did that radio show or radio interview with I think Howard Stern. That was yeah. great. Like, I, I hope Fox he wants to talk. He yeah. would be. He, it's tough because I would think CBS would be the one that would be more likely to hire him because he'd be talking AFC, which he'd know better since he played true. there for forever. It's true. But they have Tony Roma, so Fox would not be a bad hire. But could you? I know this isn't how they do their pairs. You know, they have like the really knowledgeable one, so and then the lead. Could he just be on the Fox pregame show? That's what I was gonna say because they have all those guys. Yeah. So if you have that, all those guys, and you just throw him in next to Terry Bradshaw, that'd be awesome. That's a great. I already love that group, anyways. Mm-hmm. But could you imagine if they did like for like a special, like Cowboys versus Patriots? They had Tom mm-hmm. Brady and Tony Romo on that commentating, like giving their different takes on what. Because yeah, if you never listen to Tony Romo call a game, he's literally like. A, a, pro, a football prophet. He's like, oh, I see they're lining up like this defense. Watch this. Post mm-hmm. route to the five yard line. And then the guy that runs a post route and says it's completion. It's like, mm-hmm. I should think he should eventually be a coach. But, anyways, yeah, Charles Woodson for DC. That's a hard pass. Fun to think about. Maybe if he ever wants yeah. the coach or takes up a different position Guys, first. We are not a school to just throw flyers out. Like, right. We need experience. We need you to have shown potential. Yeah. We are not a higher off name basis. That's true. We've done that in the past. It doesn't work. Yeah. So, that said, let's go ahead and transition here to our world famous drum roll and cue music. Chance is Big Ten recap. Chance, give us the recap of where the Big Ten finished. And what the prospects look like for bowl games and postseason. So let's go through quickly championship week that honestly didn't really happen. So um, Purdue, Indiana, huge in-state rivalry, doesn't get played, COVID. Uh, Michigan, Iowa are are excited we are going to whoop some Hawkeye <laughs> butt. That got canceled too, unfortunately. Uh, then Michigan State, Maryland, another game that had been canceled earlier in the year. We're going to get to see that play. Didn't end up happening. That got canceled, too. The whole reason they screwed up Champions Week got canceled. All three. <laughs> or two two of the big reasons why got yeah, canceled. Just... One of the other reasons why got played. Exciting game. Went to overtime. Minnesota, Wisconsin. The boat stopped rowing, man. <laughs> the boat rode its way to three and four. More wins than Michigan. Wisconsin sitting at a beautiful <laughs> three and three with a twenty to seventeen overtime win. That raises some big questions of what's going to happen with the offense because Graham Mertz 
Not it. Did not look great except after week one. So presumably he's still going to be there. That means Jack Cohn, who was the starting quarterback last year, is going to be. Is he going to stay? Is he going to transfer? Because he's a he fifth was, year senior. He was sweet too. I mean, Michigan. If you wanted to explore that, I wouldn't be upset. But yeah. <laughs> uh, who knows? So let's look at another big game: Penn State, Illinois, coming out of the gates, twenty-one points apiece in the first quarter. Then Illinois decided they don't want to play football anymore. They just quit. And they just quit. Penn State continues at that 21 point a quarter rate for the next quarter. They're up 42 to 21 at halftime. And win the game happened. 56 to 21. So <laughs> they, they literally just quit. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we're done. So Stop one, the count. Stop the count. One of our other games. Uh, <laughs> so Nebraska Rutgers. <laughs> the. I don't even know what to call this the game. The toilet bowl. The toilet bowl. No, this is like this is like the the septic tank bowl. This the is septic the tank toilet. bowl. Uh, well, this is two and five Nebraska playing th- three and five Rutgers. Uh, well, um, Nebraska wins 28-21. Adrian Martinez runs for two touchdowns on the ground, throws another in the air, but who cares? It's Rutgers. <laughs> so that brings us to the Big Ten Championship. Ohio State. Northwestern. Northwestern held their own. They were leading at half. At half, they were leading 10-6. to six. Then a Sermon goes off for Ohio State. Trey Sermon ran for more yards in this game than he did the entire season combined. You want a sad stat? Trey Sermon ran for, hang on, it's loading. It's 300-something. I'll tell you the exact number since this thing finally loads. He ran for 331. (laughs) Two yards off. He ran for... (laughs) How how many yards do you think Hassan Haskins had for the season? For the season? 302. Hassan Haskins had 375. So, in six games, Hassan Haskins had, like, what? 50? uh, Like, 40-some more yards? Yeah. Than Trey Sermon's had in this one game. Which isn't all his fault. Which is not all his fault, but gosh, that does not make you feel good. Man. Yeah. So, man. <laughs> that. And he was Trey the, Sermon's is a dude. He wasn't even RB1 going in. Nope, he was not. So, yeah. uh, Big Ten champion. Shocker. Ohio State. Ohio State. So that leads us into our bowl games. Matt. Bowl games for the Big Ten start tomorrow. Are you excited? Nope. No, you're not. Oh, it's a rip. No, most people don't. So, Big Ten bowl games start tomorrow. So, tomorrow for us is December 30th. So, if you don't know, we're recording this on Tuesday. (laughs) Math. Math. That's a thing. So, Wisconsin playing December 30th. You'll know this result by the time this comes out. Wisconsin's playing Wake Forest. Wisconsin favored, but uh, I don't. I don't think they're gonna win. Let's be I don't honest think you here. Can take it's not a great game. I, um, it's not a good year to bet on college yeah. football teams. So Iowa, I feel really bad for Iowa. They did fantastic going through the, the Big Ten. Not a single game canceled till championship week. Then they get screwed over. Let's just be honest. <laughs> Missouri can't play them in their bowl game, so their final two games for Iowa canceled. That means all these seniors that they worked hard, they got this six-game winning streak started after going 0-2. Season's over. Career's over. I'm sorry. Move on. Womp. Womp, womp. 
So that brings us on to New Year's Day. We got Northwestern, Auburn. Uh, the Fighting Pat Fitzgeralds versus the We Don't Know Who Our Coach Is. Actually, we do. It's uh, Harrison, something like that. Oh, it's yeah, uh, yeah. Boise State's head coach right. is now uh, Auburn. She's not going to be coaching them in this game because that would be weird. Yes. But So Northwestern versus Auburn. Honestly, I don't think it's going to be a great game. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I would presume this is going to be a defensive game, Thir- like low thir- scoring. 13-10 game. Like this is a classic Big Ten football game, three <laughs> yards on a cloud of dust. Be- like maybe a uh, LSU-Alabama championship game where it's 9-6 to six or whatever <laughs> it was. Right. So. What a disaster. Uh, that leads into college football playoff. Yay. We got Ohio State versus Clemson. The rematch. The rematch. Which was from in, wait in wait the, this was a game that was played last year. No, because the college football playoff offers diversity. They would never pair the same two teams up again in the first. It's not round. like so. If we look at the other side of the college football playoff, um, we've seen Notre Dame play <laughs> pretty yeah. recently. Do you remember what they did, Matt? In the conference championship game, so they had beaten Clemson earlier in the year, 47-40. At home, uh, insane game. Trevor Lawrence didn't play. He was allowed to be at the game. He was allowed to travel to the game, stand on the sideline, but he wasn't allowed to play. That's how COVID rules are for you folks. He was allowed to go to the game, travel with the team, and stand on the sideline, but he couldn't go in the game. I remember watching that. Like, so, That's wasn't allowed to play. Notre Dame wins. Uh, we get the rematch in the conference championship game for the ACC. Finally, bad. it was brutal. Clemson destroyed thirty-four to three until a, a garbage time touchdown allowed to be thirty-four ten. Yeah, so you would presume yeah. that would knock a team completely out of the playoff, right? Nope. No, it didn't. It amazingly did not. They get to play Alabama and get their butts kicked in the postseason by Bama again. Because mm-hmm. who remembers the last time these two teams played in the postseason? Last season, if you remember the movie Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> Uh, Notre Dame being a Catholic school. God can help you up till the championship game. And then you're on your own, as Angels in the Outfield taught us. He will not win win you championships. So, Notre Dame, you're on your own. They they should have been praying for weeks and playing Alabama. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) Ohio State, Clemson, you got Bama, Notre Dame. Let's just be honest. We all presume it's going to be Clemson Bama for the championship again. again. Part four. Part who knows? <laughs> it's part four because they played each other three times, went back and forth mm-hmm. for championships. Well, part three was the semis, but mm-hmm. this is the fourth so, time they've met in the playoffs. That's like, insane. Come on. So that brings us to our final game: the team that got screwed the most by the Big Ten. Oh, jeez. Indiana, you did everything right. Everything right. Four. You played all the games you Man. needed to qualify. And they break the rules and allow Ohio State to jump you into the college or into the conference championship game. What's, what's their head coach's name? Kevin um, Wilson. Tom, Tom Allen. Kevin Tom Wilson used to be. He That's was right. fired for being a, for being a dick. Can you imagine? How being... ma- he already looks really mad. I can't even fathom what he's going through in his mind. We did everything right and we still got screwed. So, uh, Indiana sitting at six and one. You'd presume eleventh in the country. They would have been in the top 16 playoffs Should before we really just talked nice about. New Year's Six game. You would expect a really nice New Year's Six game. Um, they're sitting at, so they're playing Saturday, January 2nd. You're expecting who they who they're going to play, who they're going to play. They're playing Ole Miss. 
Ole Miss is a losing record. They're at four and five. That's so bad. Indiana, you got screwed. I'm sorry. I hope they destroy Ole Miss. Yeah. Indiana, you got completely screwed. I feel awful for you. You probably should have been playing. Um, let's see. Who should you be playing? Um, I don't know. Like maybe a like Texas wouldn't even been a bad game for you. Or like A and M. Or A and M. A and M would have been A and M's a little high for them. Like Coastal Carolina, that would have been a great game. Sure. Coastal Carolina said that ranked number twelve. That would have been a good game. Or Cincinnati. Cincinnati could have been a good game. That's a regional game too. That's a regional game. Then you got uh, Iowa State. Sitting at ten. That would have been a good game. Why is Iowa State playing Oregon? That's number ten versus twenty five. Come on. Yeah, you got these New Year's Six games happening that day. Uh, North Carolina, that could have been a good game. Mm-hmm. Eleven versus thirteen, but whatever. Also, two great coaches. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Indiana got screwed. I feel awful for you because let's be honest. When is Indiana going to have a shot at winning the Big Ten Conference Championship again? Mm-hmm. Probably not in the East. Not anytime soon. Being stuck in the East until the Big Ten finally gets rid of the divisions and just goes to what the Big Twelve does, where it's just the best two teams. Yeah. You're playing for the conference championship. We'll line up after that. So until we get to there, that's going to happen. Indiana, you have no shot, and I'm I'm sorry. It sucks because because literally you're penalizing yeah, teams before they even play. Yeah, like you have to go through Ohio State every year. That's already insane. Then you're throwing in Penn State's usually really good. Michigan's usually pretty good. And normally Michigan State's respectable. And usually Michigan State's respectable. So you already have a guaranteed loss against Ohio State pretty much every year. Maybe you get lucky once. Mm-hmm. But, like, maybe once in four years, five years, something like that. Yeah, and then a likely one or two losses between Michigan and Penn State. Mm-hmm. Then a likely one or two losses between Michigan and Penn State. If you're looking at two to three losses every year just in your division. Yeah. And they've already proven that even if you only have one loss, so, yeah. you can't make it. So it's just it's ridiculous. baffling. Um, well, let's go and transition here. We're going to take a quick break. Um, Chance, thank you for that riveting Recap of the Big Ten. You are most welcome. And, uh, even and little... I am just excited for Notre Dame to lose because I know plenty of Notre Dame fans that I would like to talk crap to. Oh, I can't wait. A la the Plutas. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to hit a break, and uh, we will talk a little bit about some recent roster turnover as well as... Is it the finger guns, Chance? Instant question. That's right. Because we got... A a, a handful of good questions for this. Yeah, so I'm going to save lots of time for that, and uh, we will see you on the other side of the break. to talk a little bit about some roster turnover because at the end of the season you're always going to get some roster turnover turnover whether, whether it's, it's people leaving early yep uh people just graduating um yep. you get transfers going out transfers coming in it yeah. happens every year running out of eligibility declaring for the league you know like chance said transferring or you're yeah. the oklahoma state receiver that <laughs> declared for the nfl at halftime oh of his gosh. game and stopped playing yeah and apparently <laughs> he retired from college football at halftime folks. apparently that's the thing so, um, Good for him. If you if you weren't aware, transferring especially has become a, a more pressing uh, or a more relevant concern for teams in recent years because of the transfer portal, and it's much easier for a player now to transfer. I think that I'm 
I'm blanking. They they passed the you can transfer once and not lose eligibility, didn't they? I think so. Or is that still I've, just a proposal? I think it's still a proposal, but I believe it's going to pass is what's expected. Bas- and actually, Harbaugh was on the forefront of that. Basically, a couple seasons ago, it was brought up. You know, there's a proposal for the mm-hmm. NCAA to amend eligibility rules such that a player could get one, a one-time transfer to any other uh, D1 school and not lose a year of eligibility. Because let's say I go to Michigan, play a year as a freshman, sophomore year I'm like, actually I want to go play for Western Michigan because mm-hmm. I want to go back home. Um, I, w- I could transfer, mm-hmm. as long as I get into the school, I would actually have to sit out a year in football and I could play the following mm-hmm. season, but... Nowadays, um, it's a lot easier for kids to get transfers, and eventually they're, you know, if the writing's sort of on the walls for one-time transfers without loss of eligibility. So that paired with some staff turnover, um, we expected some transfers. Some of these kind of hurt, but we'll kind of we'll start with those who are leaving for the draft or are just out of eligibility, um, and we'll kind of move on to those who are transferring. And so, especially this year, it makes it really weird yeah. because this year didn't count towards eligibility. So technically, everyone could come back. Yeah, but and it doesn't count. But some honestly, of the, some of these guys, it's like, some of the, you know the writing's on the wall. Or yeah. I just want to leave because I wouldn't want to do another year of school, man. That yeah. would suck. Let's well, just be honest. Let's start with Mayfield. Jalen Mayfield suck. for Jalen Mayfield, he came back. He had initially declared, mm-hmm. decided to come back, got hurt. So yeah, he, he's not staying another year. No. If I'm him, I'm not risking another injury. I'm out of here. I'm going to get my money and set my future for the league. Uh, so Jalen Mayfield is gone. Um, Chris Evans. Favorite running one of the, my favorite running backs at Michigan recently um, is opting out of what would it be his sixth year, um, pretty mm-hmm. much of being around football in college, which so, is understandable. Oh yeah, for sure, he's been around. I wish him the best this year, and he's just not going to get much more opportunities. Yeah. This year, sixteen carries, seventy three yards, averaging four and a half, got the touchdown, then nine catches, eighty seven yards. Uh, it's solid season. So one hundred sixty yards in the air, got a touchdown. Yeah. Thanks for coming back, man. You have a great story. We're rooting for you. For sure. Uh, Cameron McGrone is the most recent um, NFL draft. Uh, Second most recent. Oh, yeah, you're right. Second most. Um, so Cam uh, opted to declare for the draft, which stings. And to me, it was actually a bit surprising. Because when it comes he, to he the people. He didn't have a great season. He did not have a great season. And uh, he had a huge step down from last season. So and he has a clear path. It's to very surprising year. that he is leaving. Yeah, and especially as the linebacking group so far does not appear to be very strong. He'd be the clear cut, and he, guy. he's the clear cut starter. He's the clear cut the guy. Mm-hmm. And so maybe he think maybe he thinks he's ready. Maybe he because it could be that the he quote. Like, I think it's Jimbo Fisher. Um, if you're a top three, like projected rounds one through three, mm-hmm. go. Oh, for sure. Leave early, for sure. So maybe he got a maybe he got a high up projection. Like, oh, they're saying like I'm sure. gonna be top three. Like, like I'm gone. I which, get it. with which athletic linebackers are a delicacy mm-hmm. in the NFL. But as he didn't have a great season this year, uh, yeah. Pro Football Focus had a, had him as a below average Big Ten linebacker in the rankings from like I think just sitting at like a fifty seven or fifty eight, mm-hmm. which is not good. <laughs> so, which, so some of us may bash Pro Football Focus, but NFL teams take that seriously. Which, pro football focus is legit for most positions, mm-hmm. but, like, sometimes, it, like, I feel like offensive line is probably something that's kind of tough, because yeah. you don't know, you don't know who's doing what on each play. Mm-hmm. So, it's tough to rate. Sure. Understandably. So. So, yeah, Cam's gone, which, you know, you wish him the best, and obviously mm-hmm. we hope the best for him, but, man, 
it seemed to make sense for him to come back and really, really shore up his draft position. But um, next will Pay, which I sort of saw coming. Quidipay is a first round NFL draft pick. Yes. He's projected top he, ten. He's a lock in the first round. Yeah, he's uh, a first and, round lock. He's projected top ten in some, top fifteen in pretty much all of them. Absolute worst case scenario, mid to top second round if something crazy mm-hmm. happens in the draft. So, so he's. Totally understandable. Go get, get yours, man. Get his bag, yeah. He's going to get paid. So, and then, wild thing. The wild thing. Quinn Ordine, the most recent NFL draft declaring. Peace out, bro. Peace out. <laughs> um, you came in with so much hope. You were a first, you were top-rated kicker in the country. But, I, honestly, if we're going to be honest, um, I think Quinn's scared. Because uh, another... Top ranked <laughs> kicker in the country is coming into town, guys. I know, I know you all saw him. Tommy Doman. Doman. Number one kicker in the country, number two punter in the country. He's good enough to do both. And one of my favorite stories so he's from West Bloomfield, Michigan. Um, one of my favorite stories about Tommy is <laughs> the dude. Went to, uh, for his official visits, he'd go to the school, school visit earlier. Learn, like, he'd come do the tour himself, figure out what everything was. Hmm. And then, during the official visit, he'd act as if he was the tour guide. And he'd take all his teammates <laughs> on, like, all the guys visiting him That's on a funny. tour through the campus. That's, That's hilarious. hilarious. That like, hilarious. the dude seems to have fun. Um, he had offers from, like, everyone. Because he's the top kicker in the country. So you're saying that Quinn ran scared because he knew Doman was coming to yeah. town. Tommy Doman is coming to town. Dude's legit. I can't wait to see what he's going to do. I'm sure we'll talk about him lots more chance. So you'll have your opportunities. Oh, I will bring him up even if there's not an opportunity. So that'll do it for the those who are declaring for the draft. Obviously, this group of guys, wish them all the best. Um, they'll, they'll be going to the Combine this year. They'll be getting looks. That scouting day uh, for Michigan, I'm guessing they're still doing their scouting, their pro day. I'm um, going to guess they probably are doing their pro day, so yeah. So get to see what they do. Yeah, good, good luck to those guys. Um, Chance, why don't you go ahead and cover the transfers? So that brings in on transfers. Um, let's start off the bat. The most notable transfer, it's got to be Will Hart. Or se- probably second most notable, but Will Hart, punter. He was an all-Big Ten punter. And writing's on the wall for him, unfortunately, because... Brad Robbins passed him. He's got a locked up. Brad game. Robbins is an insane punter. Will Hart, going for his last year, just wants to be able to play and show he's good and make it to the league. So I don't know where he's going to transfer, but Will Hart, wish you the best, man. You yep. gave us everything you had. You were great, and you just got passed by another just fantastic punter. So Hope he goes to Western. Maybe he goes to Western. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he comes to Western Yells at Western's defensive coordinator. Tells them, hey, I came from a school that doesn't play defense. You guys need to play defense. <laughs> and Western gets it together. Maybe they'll win a big MAC championship. Wouldn't that be something? That'd be something. So that goes into from there. That's going to the most notable transfer is he started at center this year. Zach Carpenter. Um, yeah, so he's the one who was very outspoken he, about his... He was outspoken before the season yeah. about being homesick. <laughs> Yeah, and, and basically got talked into like, hey, like give it one more year by his right. mom. He just wasn't having a good. He's time. just not like, which is, it's understandable. It sucks because he's starting at a Big Ten school as a 
Yeah. So he, he took all those reps yeah. away from somebody who could have been getting experience. But so I mean, it sucks. Uh, wish him the best. He's presumably going. He's from Cincinnati, so presumably transferring to Cincinnati. Yeah. And there's no way they say no. He's a Big Ten starting center. Right. Uh, so wish you the best, man. I can't like. I, I'm excited to see what you do in the future. I just wish it was amazing blue. Two pieces of an already sort of suspect O-line that we're So that goes from there. Let's go into running back. Christian Turner has announced he's transferring. Saw that coming. We don't know where, but totally understandable. Because that running back room is already crowded. Yes, Chris Evans is leaving, but you're having Donovan Edwards come in. Mm -hmm. And that running back room is way too full already. You didn't even get touches this year. I don't think he had a single carry. Not in, not in game. I don't he did know. not. He did not have a single carry this year. So get I get why you're leaving. Because in the year where they couldn't even decide who to hand the ball off to, they didn't hand the ball off to you. He's basically a second Hassan Haskins mm-hmm. play wise. So he's going to do well somewhere. Yeah. I think. Um, hopefully, he lands somewhere that likes to run the ball. Because he he showed flashes in that one game against Florida a couple of years back. Then sure. the I. It's not maybe the most notable departure, but it's these three combined as far are as very it, notable. Departure. Its implications are large because we already lost Cam McGrone, and now he's leaving, going pro. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Anthony, four star from a couple years ago, he announced he's leaving. And he was supposed to be the backup Viper. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So Jordan Anthony's leaving. Uh, Osmond Savage. Another four-star linebacker. Mm-hmm. He's leaving. I will miss him because that name would have been insane. <laughs> Just savage. So then Charles Thomas, another linebacker. He's leaving too. So three, three of our three linebackers transferring, one going yeah. to the NFL in a room that's already pretty depleted. So if we go to linebackers, looking going in the next season, not talking about any recruits that are coming in. Let's just look at who's returning from the, who we already have. So, Will, Willie Mohan coming back. He looks promising. He was a freshman this year. They have, they have I think at, he'd do well. They have him at Viper as well, I think. Mm-hmm. So, Mohan's looking at Viper. Then we have Anthony Solomon, another guy, sophomore. Who knows? We haven't seen him yet. <laughs> haven't seen him, really. Josh Ross started this year, presumably coming back. He is a senior, but... He's a, I believe, to eligibility-wise, he's a redshirt junior. Regardless, mm-hmm. this season, he doesn't count. Presumably, he's coming back as well. Mm-hmm. So then we got Michael Barrett, started Viper. He's mm-hmm. come back. Yeah. So then you got Cornell Wheeler, freshman. Khalil Mullings, freshman. Joey Velasquez. Uh, he's the guy that's playing dual sport with baseball. Mm-hmm. He's a really high, highly recruited baseball prospect. So he's athletic. He's looking at Viper. You got Nolan Knight, Jonathan Lamp or Lampani. He's probably going to be gone, unfortunately. And it's not like we brought in a couple of really big mm-hmm. linebackers that we think will start right away. Like we got normally linebackers. I mean, a Junior right Colson, but he's not going to be a starter. Yeah. Though. So then we saw Ben Van Sumeren, who did show he was legit. Yeah. Then Nikai Hill Green, freshman. Mm-hmm. So we're hope with who's leaving. We are really hoping a lot of these guys just take that big step, like David Jabo. Is Shibley back? Shibley, I think he's a senior. I'm going to presume he's probably leaving, but who knows? So we so we, we are in the same position with linebackers we were with receivers this season. Yeah. Where you need these guys to take the big step. Mm-hmm. In the future, this will pay off with them getting this or this experience. But mm-hmm. 
we need them to take this step now if this defense is going to be good. Because linebackers are, I would argue, probably the most crucial part of the defense because they have to do both. Mm-hmm. They are... They're like the O-line of the of the mm-hmm. defense. You don't notice them as much when they're playing really well because they're doing their job. You notice it drastically when they're not playing well because basically teams do whatever they want up the middle. Um, yeah, so, so yeah. we'll see what happens. It sucks. It sucks. We're losing all of them. Um, and I, I wish them the best. So. I, I sort of speculate a little bit, and we won't do it a whole lot, but like, it makes you wonder, is there some things happening with the linebackers? Like... Coach, or did all or, these guys just commit to a school that they honestly just shouldn't be at? So then also, we didn't yeah. talk about it. Um, Dylan McCaffrey, another guy transferring, quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, did he find a school or no? He's not found a school to my knowledge. So, wish he the best. Then coming in, we have, so far we only have one guy coming in. That's Willie Allen, offensive tackle. Then also we're looking at that defensive tackle from Penn State, maybe coming in. Um, who knows? I'm going to presume they're probably going to push the grad grad transfer market hard, probably for maybe linebacker and for defensive tackle. It would make sense too. It would yeah. not surprise me if they did that. Maybe if maybe maybe take a flyer on a fifth year quarterback just to get some experience in that locker room. Jack Cone, Jack Cone, Wisconsin. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I that's the end of our transfers. <laughs> Everything. It's hopefully the end yeah, of the transfers. Hopefully that's we'll the see. end of who's transferring. We'll keep you updated on the scenario, but yeah. Um, it is what it is. No, it's not. We're not in a position where you hit the panic button, but it does kind of raise some eyebrows with three linebackers leaving. If you have three of any position leaving the transfer, it's kind of like, what's happening? Are mm-hmm. they just not? Was it was it, was it just that, a bad fit? Right. Or are these guys? Is there something going on? And was it clear they just weren't going to play? Who knows? Mm-hmm. So we will see what happens. But um, yeah. So no, some notable turnover. Um, total of about what well, I think we just covered eleven guys. Leaving mm-hmm. between transfers of the draft, so and that's not even talking about who's just graduating down the football, right? Which this year wasn't a lot because we talked about they were really young. Probably mm-hmm. a lot of guys who were like the two or three deep, but not many yeah. starters who are just running out of eligibility. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, technically nobody's running out of eligibility because no one is. But yeah, so let's go ahead and transition here to Insta question. Can't see it. I'm doing finger guns. Um, let's start with our first question, which has to do with. Bowl games, um, and I kind of already gave my opinion. I think you know where I stand on this. Um, the question is, what are your thoughts on Michigan saying no to a bowl game? Um, I'm sad they won't be playing and I won't be watching them, but I think it was the right call. Let's be honest, guys. We're 2-4. and four. It means, we don't des- it I means know nothing. everyone can go to a bowl game this year. We don't deserve to go to a bowl it game. It means nothing. It, it literally means nothing. There's nothing Anyone with any it. NFL potential would have opted out, and I totally understand why, because the game would be pointless. There's nothing to play for but experience mm-hmm. and pride, which, I mean, are always good things to play for, but why risk injury and risk a spread of, like, potential mm-hmm. COVID exposure by traveling to play another really cruddy team or get paired up against a team we shouldn't be playing and get blown out and just look poorly on national television? Mm-hmm. So, I'm... I'm glad for the program's sake we're not playing. I think it's the right move. I'm. I mean, yeah, I'll be sad that I won't be watching the Mason Blue, you know, run out in the field on New Year's Day because that's always a fun thing. But that's where I'm. That's where are you at on a chance? Nah, on the same spot, guys. We suck. <laughs> we don't deserve to be in a bowl game. That's yeah. my opinion. We suck. Because that's we how it should be. If you only have two wins, you shouldn't play in a bowl game. But guess what? Three win Ole Miss or how many wins they have? They're playing four and five. Game. Ole Miss is playing six and one Indiana. That seems fair, but. <laughs> 
It is what it is. Yeah. So, Matt, let's go into our next question. Yes. Who do you think they should hire for defensive coordinator? And, to add on to the question, Jim Harbaugh has announced that the defensive coordinator hire will be made in the next week. Yeah. I, I don't know if I know who they should hire. I know who I wouldn't mind seeing hired. Um, there's two that come to mind, and these are names that are, you know, been thrown yeah, around Let's just a lot. be honest. The race is completely wide open. It is, as it should be, um, for any interview. But my, so I'm, I'm not just going with the crowd here. I actually really do like these two names. Derek Mason, former head coach at Vandy, was thrown out. Um, Who also was a he's DB's coach under, he doesn't have Michigan ties. I, thought I mean, he he's from Michigan, but he doesn't have Michigan. No, no, he's from the Southwest. He's from Arizona. His Michigan ties would be that he coached DBs under Harbaugh at Stanford. I would say it's Harbaugh ties. That's it's Harbaugh it ties. Um, I've heard his name. I've heard Will Muschamp. In fact, there was even somebody strong rumors about Will Muschamp. Um, but they proved to be unfounded. Right. That doesn't mean he w- he's not a candidate or considering the it job just means or anything there's nothing like official. that. That means that <laughs> there's nothing official happening. Right. But hey. He, as much as South Carolina, South Carolina underperformed, mm-hmm. he's a great defensive coach. Um, Florida had a solid defense when he was at Florida. Um, South Carolina had a solid defense when he was in South Carolina, and that's playing SEC offenses. Um, so I wouldn't mind seeing Will Muschamp. I don't think he's like a home run hire. I think he's a, a good I think hire. he'd be, Will Muschamp would be a solid hire because he'd bring the recruiting prowess that we yes, need. Yes, because he's been a head coach at two mm-hmm. different SEC schools. Um, and he has re- he did and he was a well, great defense coordinator under Mac Brown at Texas as well. Yeah, for so sure. he's got the Texas ties. He's got the Florida ties. Comes from a great coaching tree. So yeah. that would be a great spot for recruiting. Yeah. So chance, what are a couple names that you would like to see in the um, DC role? Another name that hasn't been thrown around a lot, but it would make sense because it's another Harbaugh connection would be Jim Levitt. He's defense coordinator down at Florida Atlantic under Willie Taggart, who uh, has some Harbaugh ties. Uh, was the championship-winning coach for Jack Harbaugh's Western Kentucky team. Quarterback. Quarterback, yes. So uh, he would not be an awful option. He's been a defense coordinator at Oregon, Colorado, now at Florida Atlantic. Um, he's Temple Owls are ranked 15th in total defense this year, so that would be a – or not Temple, sorry. Florida Atlantic Owls mm-hmm. are ranked – uh, 15th and total defense this year. So that would be a solid hire. He is kind of old at 64. Um, he was uh, uh, he was a linebacker's coach with the 49ers for Harbaugh. So he's been with Harbaugh before. So I don't think it would be a huge recruiting asset as we do want more of a recruiter in this, scenario, or in this spot, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, to go with a recruiting option, Marcus Freeman, um, defense coordinator at Cincinnati. Uh, he is really popular right now. So, um, he's obviously position coach with Ohio State, has a lot of Ohio connections. Um, he's now the defense coordinator under Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle brought him with when he left Ohio State, brought him to Cincinnati. Uh, he's, he's a top, so would, would he lead a top 10 team to go coach at Michigan would be the biggest question because he has turned down defense coordinator jobs in the past. Mm. And he, this year was a Art Broyles uh, award finalist. So that's top coordinators in the country. Mm-hmm. And he's up and coming. He's doing like, that would be, this would be, in my opinion, this is the biggest home run hire of all. 
Hmm. Maybe it's not the big name of Derek Mason sure. or Will Muschamp. This guy's up and coming. He's proven he's legit. The question is, he turned that. So he's turned down coordinator jobs in the past, notably this past season. Uh, said no to Michigan State. So could this guy from Ohio come to Michigan and be our defense coordinator? Hmm. I think this is shot. Interesting. May, it's maybe not the most likely, but I think the potential's there. So yeah. I can see it happening. So that would be my other thought of who it could be, but who knows? Yeah, we've mentioned it before when we talked about the D.C. position or head coach. It's like, it's a shot in the dark. Yeah, this is the most wide open I can think of any coaching search to be, because it could be anyone, and I wouldn't be surprised. As long as it's well-vetted and it's a it's a fit mm-hmm. on both the recruiting trail and with the scheme we want to run, I'm cool with it. Harbaugh has shown that he's willing to give the defense to somebody who's able to run it. Mm-hmm. He's Harbaugh's not a defensive coach. He's very much Harbaugh is very hands off the defense. Yes, and very offensive. I minded. would so coming with the defense. Who know new coordinator? I presume many of the position coaches we already have on defense jobs mm-hmm. are now in question because if you're the coach coming in, you, bring you guys probably want your own guys. Yeah, I, I would an educated guess is that you're going to see somebody who either has previous head coach experience at. A mid to major school, or, or is an up or has just a ton of defense coordinator experience, yes. or is up and coming. Yeah, it like, could be that recruiter like we want. B- the big name trending DC, or just somebody who has proven, mm-hmm. like like a Don Brown, somebody, like a Don Brown, somebody who's done it for yeah, twenty plus years. Let's just so talking about Don Brown, great coach. If Don Brown had one big fault, Don Brown was not a recruiter. Correct. So I would, in my opinion, the biggest downfall of Don Brown was not that his defenses were just like figured out because I don't really think they were overly figured out. I think the biggest problem was he didn't have the guys to run his defense because remember his defense when he came in first three years, insane. But who were the pieces he had? So that's where the recruiting comes in. Yeah, he he's a solid. He's great at evaluation of talent. Yep. He was not a great recruiter. And his biggest problem was he believed in too, he would take on too many project players. Players mm-hmm. that the potential's there, but it's going to take a few years to get to that potential. And some panned out, some didn't. Some pan out, some don't. Like Josh Uche was a project mm-hmm. player. And he panned out. Playing for the Patriots now. Some didn't. And, and some know, don't. And that so. happens. But it, I, I compared Don Brown, his, his defense, to like an Audi. Like a Lamborghini. High-end. Runs great, but needs high end parts. Mm-hmm. You can't replace that with some stock, yeah, so you know parts. Don Brown, fantastic football mind, great coach. Just not if he could have had a Chris Partridge like recruiter right under him, getting all these guys. Because guess who got Devin Bush, Chris Partridge. Mm-hmm. So that would be he need he just needs a recruiter with him. Yeah, and that's why the Chris Partridge. Leave, I think, was more critical than mm-hmm. a lot of people. Because Chris Partridge was the lead recruiter, not just for the defense, for, but for the, the entire whole team. Yeah. team. Yeah, so, so big, big deal. Um, so honestly, whoever it is, if they bring guys with them, they just gotta have that recruiting acumen. Because especially on defense, if you're not bringing in high end players, mm-hmm. project players are a little easier on offense. I feel like than defense because defense, I feel like, is so much more technique. And you have to be fundamentally sound. Mm-hmm. Offense as well, but like you can get away with some stuff on offense if you're just athletic. Yeah. Great. So, so uh, 
guys, let's just be honest. When it comes to this coaching search, we're not going to be following every minute by minute giving updates. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, post, sim- we'll, yeah post we'll post we some stuff about it, but uh, <laughs> there's just simply too much that happens, too many rumors that are completely unfounded that tr- gain traction for yeah. no reason. Also, we are unwilling to post things that are rumored without some inkling of them coming from a credible yes. source. For example, um, nah, I won't get into it, but anyways... Some rumors start on message boards or mm-hmm. somebody assumes something and somebody reports it as breaking or update. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do that. As soon For as example, we... let's, so Go ahead. someone posted something yes. saying Sam Webb said it. And Sam Webb noted Michigan Insider. Like, if you're talking like he's plugged in top handful of Michigan Insiders, he's in top three yeah. at, at least. At least, yeah. So this is this, like, if it's coming from Sam Webb, Sam Webb is only tweeting stuff that's important. Mm-hmm. And Sam Webb is like, yo, I didn't say this. <laughs> and completely yeah. shut that whole rumor down. So, guys, too much happens in these searches. We're not going to be following minute by minute, giving you update by update. Because so many rumors are completely proven, completely false within, like, even 12 hours. Right. So, as soon as we hear something official, yeah. that's when we hear actual this. information trending from actual sources... We'll, we'll be willing to pass that along, but For we're not sure. going to pass it along. For sure. Hearsay rumors. Well, let's transition here into sort of the last leg of our episode. Um, well, and we got one more question, Matt. It's off topic, but it's a fun question. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, so we're not going to talk about politics. We're not going to talk about politics. We're not going to talk about politics. It's not in the true. slightest. But so, Matt, are... <laughs> if, if $2,000 fell out of the sky <laughs> and landed in your wallet, what would you spend the two thousand dollars on? Because the sky knew that COVID did a number on everybody and wanted to give everybody two thousand um, dollars. So what would I do with two thousand dollars? That's a good question. And to the person who asked this, thank you. Um, I've kind of gone back and forth on what I'd want to do with two thousand um, dollars. I think first and foremost, I'd buy myself a PlayStation Five. Really want one of those. Um, I'd probably splurge on some stuff from the M Den. Probably buy a jersey or two. I uh, would probably buy some of the new stuff that came out in this fall. Um, I would buy probably with the rest of it. I'd probably buy my wife because um, she's really wanted one. Either a Peloton or one of the like sort of variations of the Peloton. Like there's one called like an Echelon or whatever. But she really wants a really nice stationary bike. One that's way overpriced. You know the one. Um, mm-hmm. So probably get one of those because. You told me early on, I'm not allowed to put, apply no, this. No, you're to not allowed mortgage. to be an adult and put it on the things you should spend it on. Or like, not even college savings for Maverick? No. Man. No. <sighs> you See, have to spend, this is money you have listen, for a week. Dave Ramsey. It has to be spent within a week and not anything important. Dave Ramsey is rolling in his non-existent grave with me spending, hey. actually he's probably not because it's supposed to be stimulus money, but... If I'm not putting it to savings or, or paying Dave Ramsey house, can also kind of suck it because he's anti-credit card. And if credit cards are used <laughs> responsibly, they're fine. It's when they're used irresponsibly that they're a problem. Oh, listen here. I will not tolerate Dave Ramsey slander on this podcast. I love Dave Ramsey. He's just completely wrong about credit cards. If I can't use it for savings or paying off my house, I would buy a PS5, lots of Michigan things, probably some other odds and ends, a little mm-hmm. here and there, and then I would buy a very nice stationary bike for my wife. What about you, Chance? Okay. So, if I got $2,000 from the Magic Tree Fairy, 
Or the cloud, money. he said. All right, so the magic money cloud. There you go. So if I got $2,000 from the magic money cloud, I would... Well, first thought, things first. I am in desperate need of new rims for my car as they are slowly leaking air, so I have to fill my tires like every other week. So you do that. So that's step one. I'll probably not buy the El Cheapo rims I'm planning on buying and buy something actually with some more artistic <laughs> integrity too. Rolling around on the rendezvous with some chromed out rims. It's just going to be like 22 inch spinners. My car doesn't even take 22s. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm gonna, I'd get, so I'd buy rims. Um, if I'm going after that too, so that's going to be sent me back roughly like five, six hundred dollars. So, so yeah, fourteen hundred just chilling. Um, I would think I'd want to buy a PS5, but I don't like getting in early on game systems because early on game systems tend to have problems. So, I'd like to give them a year to like work the kinks out and get it fixed. So, I'm gonna wait on the PS5. Sure, so I would buy a PS4 Pro, that'd be a step up from my current PS4. Okay. I'd get better graphics, faster. Wouldn't sound like a jet engine's taking off because yeah, I've cleaned my vents in a little they bit. They do software patch everything now. It's like a hardware update, software patches. But PS4 has a better uh, um, hard drive as well. So yes, would the software patch update in the future? Yes. But also I believe that the PS5's hardware in the future will be slightly better. Sure, yeah, it will improve. You're right. So I'm going to wait on that. Because a PS4 Pro would get me everything I need, other than apparently uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Which but I don't really care. <laughs> which turned out to be a flop. So, so that's, you, got, you got like a thousand bucks left. I got a thousand bucks left. Um, I would put it for, towards your son's college education. No, no, no. If I can't do it, you can't do it. I'll take it. But I the, know. Them, I'm saying that. Them's the rules. So um, after that, um, I don't know. I'd probably buy... What would I buy? What would I buy? What would I buy? So I got a thousand bucks. Um, I would finish trimming out my mod or my dining room because I need to replace the trim in there from when I replaced the floor this summer. So that would probably take another couple of bucks. Splurging something fun. Something fun. I got the PS4 Pro. That's fun. Um, let's see. Something fun. I I would buy Mav. The most expensive loud toy I could find. Oh Lord! And buy him an, like a ridiculous quantity of batteries for it, so you can't even say no. <laughs> Here's a toy and six hundred dollars worth of batteries. You're welcome. Well, so you that's what I'd spend the rest of my money on. Just annoying Matt. Wow. There you go. Um, good question. So let's bring it back into football here um, and this is the one that question that's going to take us a little bit longer so the great question um, question wise if you could have <clears throat> any dream lineup with players from their hope and Harbaugh eras so basically from 2010 2011 2011 to present who would you start and the, I'm glad they so I'm past they, 10 seasons right I'm glad they preface this because there's a lot of players probably before Hope that I probably would have started because those are the white car teams that competed for national championships. But here we go. Uh, well, minus Rich Rod. But anyways, um, let's start with offense for me. Uh, quarterback, I went back and forth between Devin Gardner. We've all talked. We've talked about him on this podcast. Really enjoyed Devin Gardner, but I had to go based on you know Denard Robinson's up there too. Uh, the one I know, Denard was a generational player. What but he's a running back, not a quarterback. Exactly. Um, you ever seen him throw a football? Don't I have. <laughs> I remember my story of seeing Denard Robinson throw a pass 
40 yards downfield to Tyler Sash, the safety, who didn't move a muscle. The <laughs> ball went right to him. So I went back and forth between Devin Gardner, but I had to go on their whole career, and as much as I love Devin Gardner, as, as, amazing, as talented of a quarterback as he was, did not finish particularly well. So I'm going to say, maybe a little controversial, Jake Rudock would be my starting quarterback because of his efficiency. Um, I don't know if you looked at efficiency numbers, but Jake Rudock was one of the most efficient quarterbacks mm-hmm. we've had in recent memory. Uh, so Jake Rudock. So my quarterback would be obviously. Or go, or go back and forth. Yeah, I would do back and forth. Okay, back I'll just make it easier. There you go. Who's your quarterback? This is my position. So my quarterback, obviously Devin Gardner. It's not even close. Devin Gardner, for the offense, I would want to run. Devin's perfect because he's a solid passer. He's mm-hmm. a solid runner. Mm-hmm. That gives me both options. If you're going with Jake Rudock, you are exclusively. Not doing any sort of options True. because Jake Wait, Rudock cannot he, run. Uh, I don't know. Right, don't even defend Jake Rudock. No, listen, running. not a design, not design runs. But could he do the occasional it, Peyton Manning? No one expected me to pull it, and all no, of a sudden no, no, I'm no, able no, to get no. 50 yards. Go look at film. He could. He had wheels. He wasn't. Listen, he's not. Devin I know. Gar- he's not Devin Garner. He's not going to juke anybody out. But dude had. If you look at his rushing yards, he actually had considerable he's rushing respect- yards this season. It's respectable, but. He's not on the level of Devin Gardner. No. Am I sacrificing a little bit in the efficiency of passing? Yes, yes I am. You are. And but I'm going to blame Devin Gardner's poor play on the fact that he had no O-line. And he has said true. He so has said post-college that the O-line sucked. So if you set him up with a better O-line, maybe he doesn't get hurt, he doesn't get yes. cold, and he's... So I also think he... With what I'm setting him up with for the rest of the team, I think he'd be doing very well. I think it's a great pick. And I would, like I said, back and forth. So I'll go next. Um, my running back... Uh, I know we've had a lot of success with running backs recently. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few in there that I really like, but I'm going to roll with the guy, our last 1,000-yard rusher uh, before Higdon, Fitz Tucson. Is this pre-injury Tucson or this post-injury? This is pre-injury Tucson. I was going to say, because I'll let you cheat, but I'm going to go my whole body of work, because post, okay, post-injury Fitz fine. was not I will. Same. I'll take both together. Sure. But Fitz Toussaint was unreal. He was the man. He still made it to the oh, yeah. NFL and was he, a running back for a little bit with the Steelers. So I'm rolling Fitz Toussaint. Dude is fast. He fit my perfect. He is the perfect running back for my option okay. style offense. I, I did like Fitz a lot. You know, he unfortunately after that ACL tear, he just was not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I was tempted to put Ty Johnson for this or Ty Isaac. Ty Isaac. Hey, that was a five-star running back. All right. Since uh, we know Matt, Matt Giso listens, what about Derek Green? Derek Green. Matt Giso loved Derek Green. 2.1 yards per carry. Yeah. Matt Giso loved Derek Green. How'd that work out for you, bud? I was going to say, I'm surprised you didn't pick Davion Smith. Davion Smith I liked a lot, but I like I think Fitz fits the offense I want sure. to run better. Sure. So, yeah, let me preface. The offense, I, I'm We're not picking the best players. We're picking... The best group of players for what yeah, we want. Yeah, so as, as I pieced together my offense, first at first I started with just the best. And I thought, nah, because some of these guys' style, they, they mm-hmm. clash. So I picked guys, the offense I want to run is very, I mean, it's basically what Harbaugh ran when he first came to Michigan. Very West Coast. Doesn't mean you're running a spread, because you still play power football. Mm-hmm. I West they, Coast, basically, the purpose of the offense is getting the ball out quick. Exactly. Quick and in time, it's what Tom Brady does. Exactly. Very efficient. It's very mm-hmm. based on being on time. Yeah, reading downs. reading the defense, knowing who's going to be the open guy and getting right. that guy the ball. And you know what? I might die by the sword because it might not work in today's college football. But hey, live and die by it. 
Um, with that said, my running back would be, I should mention him, Karan Higdon. Um, could be the recency bias, but I thought about all the running backs we've had recently, and there have been a lot who had some success. Shoot, I remember um, heel clicks. Uh, he did all the heel clicks when he scored. Um, he was the third stringer with Ty Isaac. Thomas Rawls? No, no, no. After Rawls. It was with Harbaugh. It was with Harbaugh. Was it Ty Johnson? Uh, oh, um, Drake, Drake, Drake Johnson. Johnson tore both of the ACLs and they got ran over by a forklift <laughs> or whatever that was. <laughs> Literally Drake Johnson, the worst injury. Yeah, luck. Drake Johnson almost carried us to a win in Brady Hoke's final year against Ohio state. Single handedly kept us in that game. And the poor guy <laughs> ran over by a forklift. Okay. So he was at track practice. He was at track practice stretching and got hit by a forklift. He's out for the season. Sorry. Anyways, I, I really like. It's liked, a horrible injury. It's just really. Funny. I really like Drake Johnson. He's so, relegated yeah. to an so RB. Solid pick. Relegated, relegated to an RB three year old just from injuries. But anyways, Karan Higdon from re, from recent memory is the mm-hmm. most consistent downhill runner I remember having. And I want to. I want a back who is explosive out of the backfield as far as like. Doesn't take mm-hmm. time to get up to speed. He just, just boom, bolts. gone. Yep, and I like Karan for that. So. All right, so who do you got next? Let's go receiver. You can just do all three. A lot, lot of options. Um, as much as I want to put DPJ in there just because of like his potential, it didn't pan out the way a lot of people mm-hmm. thought it would. Um, so I'm just going to go for it. Uh, Jeremy Gallon, because obvious reasons, set records. Dude was shifty as all Insane. get out. Yes. Uh, Nico Collins, because... Obvious reasons. Um, I think of the big receivers we've had, he's one of the most, one of the best. Wish he would have came back, man. Um, I would argue second best, but we'll get there. I said one. I said, I said one of the I know. best. And I would say he's the second best, and, and he, I will cover the did, best in moment. You did pick the best, and I didn't pick him because I knew you would. Um, now, actually, I may, might even argue my other guy is better too, but anyways. we'll get there. So for my offense, I want to run. I would run Gallon in the slot because he's so shifty. And then I have Nico opposite from Amara Darbo. Mm-hmm. And I went back and forth between Darbo and Chesson, but I like Darbo because he's so big. And both of them are the type of box-out sort of receivers. Where mm-hmm. So it, you have two two more possession-style receivers. Yes, because – which, man, maybe that doesn't match the West Coast offense because you're that, – That fits the West Coast fairly well because they're getting the ball and holding on to it, and they're not getting – True, yeah, they possess the ball, right? Yeah. yeah. You're not waiting for routes to develop mm-hmm. as much or stuff like that. So, anyways, I'm very much relying on them winning their matchups on islands. So, okay. who do you have? So, mine, obviously, Jeremy Gallon. He's a lock. Yes. <laughs> Dude's insane. Um, if you just go to the Under the Lights game where he had the huge catch mm-hmm. that got, like, 60 yards. Oh, yeah. And then you got the Indiana game where he went off for, like, 300, or three, yeah, 300, yards, 300 yards, like, second highest receiving to Yards ever in a game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's obvious. So then, so he's my slot guy like you have. Then I'm going the best. He is the best. You're right. The best jump ball receiver we've had in this past 10 years. It's Junior Hemingway because he made Denard Robinson look good. Denard Robinson would just back foot, lob, ball going deep. I know, guys, sorry. We're not a pro Denard Robinson podcast. I'm sorry. If you want that, I'm sure there's countless of them. He was really exciting to watch. He's really exciting to watch. He just wasn't a great passer. And when you're a quarterback, that's kind of important. (laughs) So Denard Robinson would do these back foot lobs, just prayers in 2011, and Junior Hemingway caught all of them. Caught all of them. So then, my final guy, so Junior Hemingway is going to be my ex-receiver. 
that more deep route guy. Sure. That leads me to my wide receiver, more of these mid routes. He's going to be my balanced guy. It's got to be Roy Roundtree. Roy, Roy Roundtree, Roundtree has one of the best catches I've ever in the Northwestern game, late in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has this like weird tip catch. And then obviously you have the game against Nor- Nor- or yep. Notre Dame, catch yep. in the corner. It's got to be Roy Roundtree. Yeah, that's a solid. So I feel like that's a very solid and balanced. I have my speed guy, my possession guy, my balance guy. You can run a lot of systems with that for sure. So then tight end. Obviously, there's only one answer, but because there's only one answer, we're doing two tight ends. ends. Because listen, if you say anything other than Jake Brett, you're you're, a moron. Yes. (laughs) All American. The only All American talent I think we've had. Probably ever. ever. (laughs) Probably ever. Crazy. So it's got to be Jake Butt. It's not even close. So. Ignoring the obvious of Jake, but my other tight end is going to be Kevin Coger. He solid possession tight end down by the end zone. He had late Rich Rod, um, mostly Brady Hoke days. Mm. That's going to be my tight end, Matt. Who's your tight end going to be? Uh, well, obviously Jake, but um, and then as the second to compliment him because we actually saw these two play together for oh, did they first season? I think so. He's very very young though. Zach Gentry. So came into Michigan as a quarterback, um, converted tight end. Dude's like basically seven foot tall. Like literally the worst. He's match- six seven. He's insane. Literally the worst matchup for any linebacker ever. Because um, all you have to do is throw it in there, and he's got yeah, dude. like a seven percent chance at getting the ball. The shit, the Shea Patterson Zach Gentry connection was unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would go with Zach Gentry because I think they complement each other. Jake Butt was also a receiving tight end, but he's also a great blocking tight end. Yeah, so. he was great all around tight end, which is why he was an All American. Exactly. So, moving along here, uh, I'm going to try to speed things up. Um, so boom, all five, go. Yep, all five of my O-line o- from left to right. Taylor Lewan, because he's a B-A-M-F. He's a dude's a monster. Anyway, sorry. Taylor Lewan, I almost cussed on our podcast. Um, I don't know. That would not fit our PG rating. No, it would not. Sorry, guys. Not that one. Um, so, from left to right, Taylor Lewan, Mason Cole, Cesar Ruiz, Michael Onwenu, and... Michael Schofield, mm-hmm. right? Um, I went back and forth. I tinkered with this a lot, though. So yeah, what's it's yours? a it's a tough lineup. Obviously, um, we got we got three similarities off the bat. So Taylor wants an obvious pick mm-hmm. um, at left tackle. Dude's insane. First round draft pick. Michael Schofield, the right tackle with Taylor Lewan at the same time. Both Crazy NFL thing. draft picks. Oh yeah. Michael Schofield also legit. Mason Cole, obviously, you got your versatility because he played tackle, mm-hmm. he played guard, and he played center. Yeah. That's that's insanely tough to do. Um, so that's this is where we differ. I'm going David Mulk for my center. Because Which is a great pick. David Mulk, t- 2011, first year under Brady Hoke, won the Remington Award, best center in the country. I feel like that's an obvious pick, so I have to pick him. Yeah. Then Patrick Omame at my right guard. Dude's insane. He's a mauler. He's big. He him, played for a while. Him and Onwenu are very yeah. similar. They're and very similar, huge. so we went in the same vein. Yeah. So The, the only reason I picked Ruiz over Mulk is because Ruiz seemed to have that athleticism to get mm-hmm. outside a little bit quicker than Mulk yeah. did. Yeah, you would not be pulling, doing pulling centers with Mulk. Right. You could with Ruiz. Which I want to do with Ruiz, yeah. But so, when it comes to being that offensive quarterback, identifying as the center, yeah, being that like mind, seeing what's happening, mm-hmm. as centers have to do where they're deciding what the defense is probably doing, yeah. who's got what, all that stuff. I know you think it's the quarterback. Actually, usually it's the center making these calls. Yeah. Because the quarterback's looking at the receivers. So the, right. the center's the one identifying for blocking for the line. Right. So... You want a great line there. David Mocha, great pick. Cesar Ruiz, also yeah. a great pick. So let's, going let's, through really quick. Let's move to defense. And I'm actually okay taking a little bit of time on, on defense because... There are so many. It was so, so hard. So many options. So hard. There's li- literally, I think, only like two staples I could think of 
We're like, if you don't have them, you're crazy, which were Peppers and Bush, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. So why don't you start with your D-line? We're doing a 4-3 defense, so four down linemen, three linebackers. Mm-hmm. So let's just go. <laughs> so we got D-line, Chase Winovich. Uh, dude's insane, really fast. He's got the Thor hair <laughs> that I just have to embrace. So also he's killing it with the yeah, Patriots. And he's just killing it with the Patriots. So Chase Winovich is gonna be defensive end. We'll go inside next. I got big Mike Martin. Oh, Mike Martin. He was huge. Dude was fantastic. So Mike Martin, that's early Hoke years, if you don't remember. Dude is insane. I if not all American, he's all Big Ten for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I'm going big Mo Hurst. Not very tall, but Dude was fantastic at getting to the quarterback. Yeah. So he's going to be my other defensive tackle. Then this defensive end spot, I I won't lie, I had real troubles with. Because I was thinking early Hulk, you got Ryan Van Bergen. Mm-hmm. Dude is legit. You've got uh, Rashawn Gary. You've got Uche, Pei, these all these recent guys. Yeah. I'm going to go with the man who is technically perfect. Because what I am sacrificing in speed, I am... <laughs> Picking up in size and versatility. I'm going Chris Wormley. I was going to say, you're basically just playing for the versatility of that point. I'm playing for the versatility of, I can cheat up one of my linebackers as an option for help, mm-hmm. for the speed with these blitzes, but Wormley, I know, is going to hold its own. I know if I need, I can pop him on the inside. I could run a five, bump the linebackers up and run a five front for my defensive line. Mm-hmm. And dude, just, he's perfect. Mm-hmm. He's not fast. Because mm-hmm. he's he's more of a tackle body, but he played end, he played tackle, he did both amazingly. Yeah, I have to go with Wormley. Yeah, no, he was, and Wormley was a captain. Mm-hmm. He was very, very. He was the heart of that 2016 defense. Very David or very Mulk like on the D yes. line. So he was the heart of that elite 2016 defense. Oh, for sure. Um, which featured Mo as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think was it Mario Ojemudia. Uh, we may have had, o- I think Ojemudia, we had Chaco Charlton as well on yeah. that team. Ojemudia, I was really tempted to take as well. But yes. anyway, so Mighty Line, this is probably the deepest position that I could think of. Where this I was, was like, by far the toughest. I was like, I could. There I'm are like, so many options. I almost wanted to do a two deep where it's like you could pick eight guys and you just rotate them all in. The, okay, anyways. So yeah, I was, if we could have picked the fifth, I would have picked someone outside. I, I would have had Wormley as my option guy. Right, right, right. Probably gone with Ryan Van Bergen as my end. Yeah, but yeah, there's so many options. Man, just see, I would love to see how these guys play together in their prime. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, I would start with the end, Chase Winovich as well. Just you, you can't not pick him. No, you cannot pick he, him. Despite being a endless under, motor. Yeah, despite being a bit undersized compared to some of the guys he played with, he was nuts. Um, at he the is end. a motor of a Watt brother. Yeah. He does. Um, outside of Winovich, I went basically. I always want guys who are going to just win their one-on-one battles through sheer mm-hmm. force. Understandable. Right? Um, I want guys who are just going to like on the inside. I want guys who can run over a lot interior mm-hmm. linemen. On the outside, I picked to pair along with Winovich, Taco Charlton, because dude was a monster. Um, I just remember the one hit that Taco had on uh, Francois against. Florida State, where he it looked like he mm-hmm. knocked him out cold. He was a monster. Uh, and on the interior, I like you have Mo Hurst, but I paired him with Big Willie Henry. But he's very similar 
They're to, very similar. To your pick of... Mike Martin. Mike Martin. So very similar on the inside. You just want the mm-hmm. big guys. And Mo, you can't not pick Mo. He's, his first step yeah. was so fast. He just beat guys mm-hmm. off his first move. Um, but I also like the, my two DMs because they both... I didn't pick Rashawn Gary because Rashawn Gary was notorious for penetrating in the backfield, which isn't a bad thing, but over-penetrating and not containing the edge, which I feel like was why he never got sacks, right? He's always... Defense has always shifted his way, allowing yeah, Webbish to have the one-on-one matchup. That's but true. Gary, yeah. So, Rashawn Gary would have been, feels like an obvious pick. Right. But I think from what we each want from our defense, just it's, if I had like a, if we had the two deep, he's definitely there. For sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But with so, only having the four. It's tough, man. Yeah. I just remember Taco being, he reminded me a lot of Frank Clark when Frank mm-hmm. played. And the only reason I didn't play pick Frank Clark is because of well other things, but um, yeah, it was, it was really tough. Um, let's move to the linebacker, which for me, I have two positions, two of the three which are locks, and then the All third right, was yeah. So we both forward. have the Jabril same Pe- two. Jabril Peppers at Viper and Devin Bush because you have to pick them. <laughs> how could you not? You know what I mean? Peppers is the best linebacker, the best all-around player to probably ever play at Michigan. I think it's fair. Uh, he's an offensive weapon, defensive weapon, special teams weapon. I don't remember a player affecting all three phases of the game outside of Charles Woodson. Ooh, you saved yourself there, buddy. I was going to call you out. Well, no, you I'm saved yourself with Woodson. Okay. So, okay, I put him in the same similar yes. tier. They were, in right? a, they were in a similar tier of versatility. Because remember, Jabril was top three for the Heisman. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyways, so Jabril and, and Devin Bush, obviously. Um, and then for my third... I'm still going. My, I, I like Joe Bolden mainly because I want outside of that's your Greg Madison. You're like Joe Bolden. Give me a room full of Joe Bolden. <laughs> well, so I have the athleticism with Jabril mm-hmm. and Devin. Obviously, if you're a linebacker, you're athletic. I'm not saying you're not athletic, but I want a run-stopping, hard-nosed, get into the hole, mm-hmm. stop the running back, and can still play coverage. And I, I think Joe Bolden is that. When Joe started uh, for Michigan after all the all the Hope guys kind of left. He's kind of the senior, the elder statesman in the linebacking core. I, he kind of did that. So I went back and forth between him and Mike McRae for that reason, but I just think Mike McRae got beat too often in pass coverage. So who are yours? Uh, well, obviously, Bush, Peppers, that's a given. Um, my other one is going to be, I was going through a couple guys here. Uh, Joe Bolden is the thought that comes to mind. You got um, James Ross, Josh Ross's older brother. Mm-hmm. He was another one that came to mind. Uh, Desmond Morgan. Yep. Um, guy actually played in lacrosse in high school. Oh. So Didn't he came that. to mind. Yep, he went to Holland West Ottawa. Uh, and then the name I has to go with, Jake Ryan. I loved Jake Ryan. He's a, he's the man. He is. He's so good. He's a good pick. Yeah, he you got he's semi fast, but he's got that run stopping power that I want. Mm-hmm. And so we're in the similar vein of looking for the your bigger, more technical linebacker. And I'm, it, I feel like my option has to be Jake Ryan. Yeah, for sure. So that goes. So going from our linebackers, let's go into our cornerbacks. Um, there's one I think obvious lock for both of us. Yes, it's got to be Jordan Lewis. Mm-hmm. Jordan Lewis, the lock. one-handed interception versus Wisconsin yeah. is still one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. And just his numbers were no, he's, yeah. He shut every receiver down he ever played. Yeah, so 
he's an obvious pick. And then there are a few other ones I was thinking of doing. Uh, David Long's another one I feel like would be a great pick. Mm -hmm. um, you got um, Channing Streebling, who did really well as well. Lavert Hill was not bad. Lavert Hill would be another great pick. Um, I'm going to go earlier Hoke years. Uh, when the offense failed us and the only thing we had was a defense. Mm -hmm. Blake Countess was our best yep. defensive back. And were these teams good? No. <laughs> no. But the defense was legit under Greg Madison. Oh, yeah. So I am. I feel like it, I have to go Blake Countess. Because I remember he was so good. And then I yeah. was so upset for his senior year. He transferred. Could have been the first year of Harbaugh. He had transferred. He transferred to Auburn. He did fine there. But, like, oh, that would have... 2015, having him would have been fantastic. He transferred before Harbaugh was hired. Mm -hmm. right? I believe so. Yeah. So having him would have been great. But he he led the yeah. team in interceptions by a long shot too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So very similarly, uh, Jordan Lewis was an easy decision. I wanted to start a, a DB opposite him that was also a shutdown receiver, or I'm sorry, a uh, shutdown, shutdown corner. Yeah. Like. Put him in zone, put him on an island. But if he is on an island with these Ohio State wide receivers that were playing year, year in, year out, mm -hmm. he could hang with them. That was David Long. Um, David Long is a fantastic pick. Both of their numbers with the pro football focus numbers, mm -hmm. like, insane. The, their target percentage was like, like, they never got targeted because they were so good. And they, mm -hmm. they, they literally took away teams' number one options most of the time. And their completion percentage was just like, it was like maybe high teens, it wasn't good. Yeah. So, uh, for the other team. Mm -hmm. um, so, those are my two. Um, at safety, I actually picked the two brothers, Daxton Hill and his older brother, Delano Hill. Because I remember, he's, he goes by Lano Hill now. Lano Hill, for me, was the hard-hitting, very savvy, knew where to be. Wasn't necessarily the most athletic player on the team. Mm -hmm. but he, I always remember him. He reminded me a lot of... Um, there's another really big safety that played for us recently. Not many people remember his name. I'm clearly not remembering his name. Um, Mickey Metellus? Nope, before him. Before early, early Harbaugh. Early Harbaugh. You think, oh, what's his... Are you thinking of the guy that switched to a uh, corner? Yes. Oh my gosh, I know who you're talking about. Brandon... What's his name? <laughs> Watson? Brandon Watson, yes. yes. Uh, he, he reminds me a lot of Brandon Watson. Yes. Um, kind of similar body type, mm -hmm. a little smaller, but he was just always in the right spot. Um, and, I mean, he was always in on the, the pivotal tackles, a la J.T. Barrett when he was short. Delano Hill was right there, there to close the hole. So those are my picks for safety. What about you? Well, um, I agree with yours. I think it may be a little early on Dax, but I the potential's there. Yeah, I love his potential. So I'm going to go with, uh, I feel like, Going in the recency mind, uh, Josh Metellus. Did he get a lot of crap from fans? He did. Yes, but it was completely unwarranted. It's just because of the dropped interception. It's, it's the dropped interception. It's him being put in positions he shouldn't be in. Like one-on-one -on -one with K.J. Yeah. Hamler. Josh Metellus is a safety. He should never be guarding K.J. Hamler one-on-one. -on -one. He should be the guy giving the help over the top as the safety, but he should never be guarding. So he was put in, he was put in unfortunate positions that he was not allowed to succeed in. But Josh Metellus was a fantastic safety. He, he read running plays, got in on the running plays. It was a great over-the-top help. I mean, the play that comes to mind when I think Josh Metellus, I think you probably have a similar play in mind, uh, the pass against Michigan State. It's, it laid out Felton Davis. 
Felton Davis thinks he's catching this ball. Oh, my god! It was a great pass. It is in a spot that only Felton Davis can catch this ball. On the sideline, oh. drops it in a basket. Josh Patelis <laughs> hits him as the ball touches. So it's a perfectly legal hit. Shoulder to chest. I thought Felton Davis died. He got hurt on the play. <laughs> and Josh Metellus is just skipping away. He literally just skipped away. Just skips is, away. Is, is so happy. Too. Yeah. And everyone's like, targeting. It looked really bad. It looked awful, but... But on the replay, it's like, it was It totally was the clean. perfect hit. Oh, man. Shoulder to chest. Destroyed. After the ball touches, so the receiver's fair game. Just perfect play. Then my <laughs> other one is going I to be... He was dead too. My other safety, uh, one of my favorite players of all time. Walk on, yeah. three year starter, Jordan Kovacs. Because yep. again, when we're going back to when the defenses weren't, the, or when the defenses were the only thing we had, mm-hmm. Jordan Kovacs was a staple of that defense. Was he one of the most athletic guys we had? No. But he was solid, he always did his job, and he was never the reason, like he was never the one at fault for something bad to happen. Yeah. So he's always in the right spot. Yeah, I agree. Let's finish with special teams, and let's just give all three of our key positions in special teams at the same time. So we have kicker, which is like a place kicker, so kickoffs and field goals, punter, and then returner. And your mm-hmm. returner has to be the same person for punts and kickoffs. So um, you go first. I will go first. So mine is going to be, as this is one, this is the position group I had to add in because Matt just wanted to do offense and defense. Um, there's a third part of the game, Matthew. It's called special teams. <laughs> So, kicker, it's got to be Kenny Allen. Kenny Allen was our kicker in 2016. He was the guy that helped us get where we were with that team on the brink of the college football playoff until Wilton Spade got hurt against Iowa. So, he has to be my kicker. And my punter, well, it's, it's going to be Kenny Allen again. Because <laughs> in 2016, he did both. He did all three. Yeah. He did kickoffs, he kicked. Field goals, and he punted. That's insane. Doing one of them is enough work. All three different techniques. Doing all three, is they're all completely different. And the fact that he was all Big Ten. Doing all three and being able to be, doing them at a level enough to be all Big Ten is insane. So I feel like I have to pick Kenny Allen. Then my returner, um, there are a few names that go through the mind here. You got Dennis Norfleet. uh, You got Giles Jackson. We've got Jabril. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go Jay Hugh Chesson because when I think of big returns that have happened, Jay Hugh Chesson, when undefeated Northwestern was coming in, and I, I want to say it was 2015. No, I maybe think it was in 2016. Oh, uh, no, it was 2015 because it was the yeah, three back to back. Yeah, it was part of the Durkins Donuts. Yeah. So, uh, 2015, Northwestern's coming in, all high and mighty. We're undefeated. We're like ranked and probably they were a good team. Yeah, we're ranked probably top fifteen. Um, first play of the game. I was late to this game. We were watching. It, we were watching it together. I ended up having to be late, mm-hmm. and I missed it. I had to see it on replay. Jay Chesson takes the opening kickoff. Just poof, gone. Game's over. Burns everybody. Burns everyone. Game's over. Literally, like literally, that touchdown would have won the game. Because yeah. Northwestern didn't score. Yeah, didn't score. Game's over. First play. <laughs> J.U. called game on the first play. So, it's got to be J.U. We called game yeah. on the first play. Yeah. So, Matt, who do you got for your kicker, punter, and returner? So, my goat for Michigan kickers is Matt Wild Because I don't know if there was ever a kick that was not a touchback with Matt Wild, Like, mm-hmm. a kickoff, I yeah. should say. And especially when, especially in NCAA Football 14, 
no one ever returned a kick on Tim Hogue. Because <laughs> Matt Wilde just put that thing right through the end zone yeah. every time. He, which is great when you don't have to worry about that. Exactly. I never remember there being like, what the heck's wrong with the kicker? Mm-hmm. Like, with Matt Wilde. And for, I don't even know if he was like the best field goal kicker ever, but yeah. he was... He was he did the job, which, unlike Quinn Nordine, because how many games were we like, oh, frick, Quinn Nordine messed up again? It's mm-hmm. like, you never had that for that while. Anyways. Now, it, I will say, stealing, to add one more, if we could separate kickoff oh, specialists, Lord. I would have th- said Jake Moody, because Jake Moody was perfect. Jake Moody's perfect. Just dropping that ball right at, right at like the five, mm-hmm. making teams have to return it until they came up with this stupid rule where you can just call for the touch or call for a fair catch and get it at the 25. Any other positions you want to add? Scout team quarterback. Scout team quarterback. It's yeah. got to be Denard because Denard was not a real quarterback, <laughs> so he was, he'd just be able to uh, give that running back option. Anyways, um, my punter, which for those of you who have been around long enough, and I, I can't believe I'm saying that. It's, it's recent memory. Um, to remember this play, you're going to crucify me, but listen, Blake O'Neill was one of the best punters we've had as of late. The mm-hmm. Australian rugby player turned football player had that rugby style kick. He was a borderline all American. <laughs> he his punt like his net punting like on average was like it was like fifty to sixty yards. Like or something crazy. Like it was need, higher forties, but yes. Okay, but it felt like fifty, sixty yards. Because like you need to flip mm-hmm. the field, Blake O'Neill's your guy. But he had the muffed yep. the muffed snap against Michigan State, the oh he has trouble with the snap, and then Michigan State wins the mm-hmm. game in Harbaugh's first yeah. year. But Listen, outside of that, dude was lights out. Yeah. And even that game, he had a couple punts where, like... He had a punt that went 80 yards that game. He <laughs> in the five. So, I don't know. I, I don't know how you can not say Blake O'Neill is one of the yeah. best punters we've had and outside of the one play. Yeah, if you're going, even if you're going through the one play, every moment in that play, you can rationalize what he's doing. It's a low snap. It's a low snap, so he muffs it. Happens. It was a bad snap. And he tried to kick it out of bounds to end the game. Yeah. So, well, why doesn't he just fall on the ball? He's from Australia. Right. That's not something you do. Also, if you fall on the ball... You yeah, and Aussie style rules, that's not a thing. And so he's trying to pick up the ball and just get rid of it because that's what you do in Australia. So all of his instincts yeah. took over, that's what he did. Well, plus, if you... First of all, they should have just gotten the first down on that series and game's over. But anyways, if Blake O'Neill falls on the ball, Michigan State gets the ball 12 seconds left or something like mm-hmm. that, and they're on, like, the 50. So, like... There's, they, yeah, they there's can, potential. They, they complete 15 yards worth of passes... They're kicking a field goal for the win. Uh, no, they're down by more than three. They were for the tie. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. Um, so, Blake O'Neill for punter, and then yeah. my returner is the only other option in my eyes because Dennis Marfleet, great returner, a lot of yardage. He never took one to the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, you have to at some point. Um, I'm gonna go with Giles Jackson because obvious pick. Man's yeah. got man's got, he's two, got two touchdowns, two touchdowns, and still rolling. Yeah. So, and he, he's just nuts fast. So, anyways, that was a really fun question. We thought we'd take some time with it and have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. We are going to go ahead and call it for this episode. We did want to kind of give a little bit of a preview into the offseason. We've kind of already alluded to it. Um, we do plan on continuing to release content in the offseason. Likely it will be every other week or every couple weeks. Just because we will, we will go as the news flows. Exactly. But this might be news to chance as well. I do. I didn't plan on this when we first started the podcast. We will be covering Michigan basketball gameplay, I will say. Not, we'll see about that. It's not in-depth. It's going to be, did we win or lose? How is our season going? I'm not I'm not talking about... If we are recovering that, I insist that we cover our top 10 Michigan hockey team. 
Fair enough. Because they have so many NHL draft prospects. It's Fair ridiculous. enough. Um, but the focus is for this podcast is still Michigan football. Yeah. And we are it, first and foremost a Michigan football yeah, podcast. And if you're new to the football scene on the offseason, a lot happens. It's just sort of under the radar because mm-hmm. they're not playing games. So mm-hmm. we'll keep you updated. Um, we will be talking. Uh, Michigan basketball is too good to not talk about this season so far. Um, and the prospects of the future look great. So. Also, Jawad Howard's the man, so we got to mm-hmm. talk about it. But anyways, that'll do it here for episode 10. Thanks for listening. Um, and this is our last sort of football podcast this season where we talk about any games. Mm-hmm. And so we'll be talking about recruiting a lot going forward, um, you know, any sort of staff changes, any updates with the football team. And like I said, a little bit of basketball. And for a chance's sake, we'll throw a little bit of hockey in there. Um, just enough to keep other sports. I mean, we got a lacrosse team that's supposed to be really good. Baseball, national championship contenders that's a couple true. years ago. That's true. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff we can cover in the off season. Yeah. Um, we can cover in just general life stuff. <laughs> uh, how <laughs> how Mavericks bowel movements are. Oh, things like that. Well, on that what note, other <laughs> annoying toys I could buy? Maverick to upset Matt. On that note. Uh, we're going to call it. hope you guys have a great rest of your week and a safe rest of your week. Uh, as of right now, it is December 29th, so hope you have a happy new year, and we will talk to you next episode. Peace. Peace.